Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Thanks to our new sponsor, Factor. Factor delivers delicious, fresh, never frozen meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes. Head to factormeals.com slash core50 and use the code core50 to get 50% off. I thought you might have wanted to mingle with the others. Hello and welcome to CORE. This is CORE for Friday, August 18th, 2023. Uh, my name is Scott Johnson with Bo Schwartz and John Jagger. We're here to talk about video games and we promise not just one game, all right? Although we will talk a lot about one it's particular mostly game. One, it's mostly one mostly. game. That's where we're at. Like, don't take that. Will it be one game in the literal sense? No. No. Is it mostly going to be one game? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's okay. This is what happens. It's the zeitgeist. We're in it. Literally, we're in the middle of the zeitgeist. Picture it as a swirling storm of gratitude and gamers' hearts for a, an incredible game well done. That's why we're going to talk more about Baldur's Gate 3. Apparently, last week, we didn't say the name of that game maybe not even once until the end of the show when Grandma kicked in. That's Man, what everybody told me. Yeah. how confusing that would be <laughs> to not be able to figure out that we were talking about the biggest video game release that just came out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. everybody was talking about. Pretty sure everybody figured it out and we're only telling us that because they you just, just write it in the show description right and we oh, have yeah. a picture of lazelle as a show image yeah I we mean, couldn't have been more obvious about it i think it's still it. okay criticism we should say the name of the game we're talking about yeah fair enough yeah. yeah but it did really expose a few of you who live under rocks and i feel i feel sad for you <laughs> what game what game are you talking about you're 20 minutes in i got all kinds Could of that be anything but. Yep. Well, I'll tell you what it is. It's Baldur's Gate 3. We will be talking about it. Before we do, i got to tell you this story. This is great. Uh, I was walking the dog. My dog, uh, Rainer, Jim Rainer, the female dog, and she uh, loves a good walk. And we took a slightly different path this time around a neighborhood I'm not used to going past. And what did my eyes see sticking out of a bush? A video game manual. Now, first, I thought it was just some trash, and I was going to go grab it and throw it away because I'm a decent neighborhood citizen type person. I clean up my yeah. dog poop like you're supposed to do. 
All right. People who don't freaking F off and get out of the neighborhood, freaking pick up your dog poop. But anyway, I see this thing sticking out. I'll show you what it looked like. Like you can see this corner of this little booklet I have right here. Yeah. And I got closer and I went, Microsoft Bungie, what is this? I pulled it out. Somebody threw Halo 3, the manual for the disc, and it's it's it banged up, but it's in pretty good condition. But for and there was no disc with it, just this manual. But for some reason, the manual for Halo 3 on the Xbox 360 just hanging out in a bush. I okay. want to know oh, yeah. how it got there. Like, I, I want to know the story, like, where somebody was just like, and I shall never Halo again, <laughs> and just threw, threw it in a fit of rage. That's funny because be I oh, kid playing with it, right? And just left it there. That's what I was thinking. It'd be something about a kid, or he maybe the kid got in trouble, and in a fit of rage, he went and threw his, threw his manual outside because his dad kicked him off the Xbox. I, I don't know. Like, I know there are parents who refuse to upgrade consoles for their kids. So they're still like two gens behind because that's all they're going to be willing to do. Um, but yeah, and then also the upgrade is a bit of loaded language. Yeah, yeah maybe bit. they can't hold afford on, it. Hold on yeah. now. <laughs> refuse. I know a couple of cheapskates out there that still expect their kids to play Xbox 360 games. Yeah, I know yeah. some cheap parents that won't buy their kids an Oculus. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we uh, call them the poors, and I will not associate with them here those, or any further. Those losers. But what's crazy is I forgot how, like, for a 360-era game, I thought we were done with manuals. But this thing has, like, full color, every weapon, all their descriptions, how many rounds each weapon holds, uh, all major say, characters. I have to say, I am, as you're showing that, like, when you showed me the back of it, I'm assuming, like... NES, SNES, something like that era. Because yeah. that's just where I associate video game manuals for. Yeah. Then you flipped it over and it was Halo. And there was a part of me that went, eh. I immediately sort of checked out of your story because I assumed that it would be a garbage this era of gaming yeah. manual where they didn't do anything. With yeah. it. it was just like, yeah, eh, we put it in there. It tells you how to turn on the game, I guess. That's actually a genuinely good manual. Yeah, like, look that's, at this. All these that's vehicles. actually... That's what video game manuals are supposed to be. Yeah. I think that's probably around the time when they were starting to dwindle out. Yeah, probably. I think when that game came out was when they were saying, in the future, all of your games will be online, no boxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Halo 3 would have been... a little bit science fiction, but a little bit possible and low. Halo 3's uh, release date was 07. Uh, and uh, yeah, we didn't even have phones yet. Not the phones we have now. We had phones. But <laughs> we didn't have phones. Smartphones weren't a thing yet. Um, but they no lights, no trains, no motor cars. Also, I think this I had was like an iPhone five around that time, maybe. Sure. IPhone well, iPhone 4. no iPhones no first iPhone came out in 07. July is the announcement date. So we didn't have iPhone anything until that. Halo three though, I think came out. I want to say because I, I remember I bought it. Oh, seven, I think I right? bought it with my Xbox. Yeah. Here, let me look it up. Halo. Oh, yeah. Same, been, yeah, same, same right. year as the iPhone was announced, a year before Android happened. Uh, yeah, so we were we were still in that zone. But even then, I think maybe this was Microsoft going, look, it's been since 04 since we did our last one, Halo 2. Uh, this is a big moment. Let's go all out. I mean, I don't even think, I don't think this we is from was, like a, it was a flagship game for the 360. Yeah. Right? Halo yeah. three felt like a big deal. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it was, it was a return to form like Halo one, two and three all had their own like explosions. Halo was more like, Oh my gosh, a good first person shooter since GoldenEye. 
um, on console is amazing. And it, it kind of exploded after the fact. There was a bit of hype building up to it, but it was like it came out and it blew up into this giant thing. Halo 2 had tons of hype behind it. Um, I think regardless of how you felt about the game overall, it was mm. undeniably huge going into it. Yep. But then Halo 3 felt like the answer to all the criticisms of Halo 2 and like, you know, we're going to finish the fight and all of that. And like, this is it. It, f- it felt like the wrapping up of a trilogy. Uh, I just remember everybody being crazy for that game yeah, coming out and myself included. Deal. Like I loved Halo 3. Yeah, so, I think so this much. was a massive release. Um, it's funny, though. This this will tell you about its timing a little bit. The Xbox 360 hard drive. Remember that some didn't have a hard drive at all. It was all running off discs. This required it. So features of Halo 3 require an Xbox 360 hard drive. For example, using the hard drive enables you to download new content and share custom games, save files, and screenshots. Go to Bungie.net for more information about how to get a hard drive for your Halo 3 experience. Like, that's that's weird. No hard drive in some of those 360s. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole thing here about, the. remember the Forge? They're bringing that back to Infinite uh, just now. I <laughs> yeah, think. strike him while that iron's hot, man. <laughs> yeah. A little late on that, but anyway, it was a nice little surprise, and I stood there in the heat and the sun while my dog whined at me and, and just kind of flipped through it, and then I decided to keep it, because who else, you know, it's in the bush. It's mine now. I don't care, who, I don't <laughs> care whose bush that is. That's policy with food, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the bush. It's mine, eh? Those are, those are the bush rules. I figured you guys would enjoy that. Um, all right, let's get to our big topic. So we could just like go immediately into Baldur's Gate 3 again, and don't worry, we will. But instead, there's a there's a little thing I thought was interesting. It's come up before. We've talked about it here and there, but uh, Overwatch 2 is uh, on Steam. And as everybody already knows, it is currently at the lowest score from users that the site has ever had. That Steam.com, Steam, Steam uh, the app ever in Steam the history com. of Steam. Steamcom. In all of Steam.gabenewell.com. Ten hams in all of Ten Hams history, there's never been a game with a lower user score. And there are no critic scores really. Uh, anyway, so it doesn't matter. Lowest Steam score of all time. And uh that only seems to be getting worse. But also interestingly the game I'm looking right now, as of an hour ago, 2,412 people are playing it. I'm sorry, 20,412 people are actively playing it. Uh, The peak in the last 24 hours, 48,167. And all-time peak, which was right around launch, was 75,361. Considering this is also on on, uh, free-to-play over on the existing Battle.net, it surprises me that it's still doing those kinds of numbers all at the same time while it's getting its ass kicked in the reviews. Um, So obviously it's being review bombed. People are still playing it and people are review bombing it. And it reminded me that two things can be true at once, at least in my opinion, we'll throw it around the table, see who disagrees. But I think these two things are true. Overwatch two is a mess uh, uh, from a PR standpoint, but lots of other standpoints. And it is not a su- surprise that players are pissed about it. I'm pissed about it. Uh, I don't think that thing's in great shape and it's a bunch of weird decisions that led to you know all this. That is true. I think it's also true that review bombing sucks ass and I think it's not good overall for the business or, or it's just a waste of time and all that does is make us all go to each other's throats because 
it seems like people are playing it regardless. Like they don't care anyway. Like, I don't know how much of a dent this made. Maybe if there were really positive feelings about Overwatch 2 leading into their launch on Steam, we wouldn't have so many negative reviews. I don't know. And maybe that means that wouldn't translate to, to player numbers or higher or lower player numbers. But John, I'm throwing it to you because you and I have <laughs> traditionally seen this a little bit different. How do you, you know, what's your, t- and we can apply it to other games too. You know, for example, BG3's had a little bit of an effort on the back end from some reviewers, albeit they're mostly from China for some reason. No, that was the Overwatch. Oh, is that Overwatch? Okay. Same, yeah. same thing, though. No, like a lot of- Baldur's Gate has gotten some negative reviews because people feel like it doesn't deserve its position on Metacritic. Yeah. So they gave it a negative review because in their eyes, like much like Thanos, they feel like balance needs to exist and heaven forbid the game they like uh, not be as highly valued as uh, you know another game that comes out. Uh, which I think is stupid. And I think that there are a lot of stupid reasons to give a review, but I think review bombing is totally acceptable, totally fine, uh, even when I don't agree with the reasons for it. I don't agree with that as a reason to review bomb Baldur's Gate. I think that there are plenty of examples out there of people review bombing movies for stupid reasons, and uh, I still think that everybody should be have every right to go do it. Like, absolutely go do it. We only have so many ways that we can voice our concerns. Um, the one we always say is, you know, vote with your wallet. Don't don't support something you disagree with and try and support things that you do agree with, which, you know, going back to Baldur's Gate, it's a real good example. If you're bummed out about the way video games monetize and some of their practices, um, you should su- support developers that don't do that. Um, that's that's how it works. But, you know, I feel like you just said it, Scott. You don't think Overwatch 2 is in a really good place. If somebody said, hey, go leave a review for Overwatch 2, I don't imagine you would give it a positive review. You would, intentionally or not, be contributing to it having one of the worst reviews in all of Steam, just because that's where your opinion lands. And I think review bombing is a good way to give your feelings on how a company's doing. It puts it out there for everybody to see. It gives, you know, casual users a reason to go, well, why is Overwatch 2 got so many negative reviews? Before I get into it, I'm going to take a look and find out and do research of their own. And I think that there's merit in that. Um, so I would ask you this, Scott. Like, mm, mm. Just a series of questions. It, it, I think all reviews are subjective. Doesn't matter what company you're writing for subjectivity is going to leak into any video game review. But if you were going to say which is more objective professional paid reviews or user reviews, what would you say? Um, I would say there are problems on the professional side. Uh, This goes for movies and other stuff, television, everything else. Um, But what would you trust more? um, A professional reviewer or... I would the Johnny Appleseed thirty two. The per the person <laughs> why Johnny Appleseed just curious. I don't why. know. I just picked a username. <laughs> when he wasn't busy planting all these apple trees. <laughs> Wearing a pot upon his head. <clears throat> That's fantastic. Um all right. So here's how I would answer that. I the ones I would trust the most are probably professional paid reviewers who I already trust with a track record. So that right. takes time. And so you know, that takes time to build out. But if it's just some rando who says 
Overwatch 2 is the worst game that ever got made. I don't, I can't take that dude seriously. Right. Like, but even within, okay, so within the realm of professional paid reviewers, yeah, right? Yeah. Let's say someone you know, you don't always agree with their views, right. but you respect them as a reviewer. Right. They give a game a high score. Yeah. Would you immediately just see that number and go out and buy the game? No. Um, so I'll give you an exact example of this. I have a very good friend who works at IGN. His name is Dan Stapleton. This isn't a, it's not outing him. His name's on all sorts of bylines. Hi, Dan. There. <laughs> Sorry Dan's I'm an, getting outed. He's an amazing guy. I really like Dan a lot. And I read his reviews uh, every time he does one. And it's always, it's not always for the same systems or platforms or even genres. It's kind of all over the place. But I really like how the kind of depth he goes into and his approach to games in general. And I agree with him most of the time. We tend to have similar tastes. But there are some times where he'll go off one direction I don't agree with or whatever. But like you said, there's like this uh, there's like this respect there and a little bit of trust or whatever you want to call it. And it's familiar enough that I know when he's he's liking a thing I wouldn't, or he's not liking a thing I might like. I can just, I just know because I'm used to it, but that took time. That took curation. That took me, uh, learning to trust his voice in the space over a period of time, as opposed to just somebody going blah. Um, but I, but I also hold that same thing. I, I have that same thing with people I know who are not paid professional reviewers who are just people I know and like, and trust fellow gamers who I, I jive with. And even like John could do a review on something and it may be, I don't agree with it because it's a kind of game I don't like. Let's say he really right. loves some, I gave final fantasy 16, a 16 out of 10. Yeah. And I'd give it we a, we don't agree on that video game. Uh, right? Give, yeah, exactly. We don't. And, but I don't, that, that isn't like a stumbling block. That to me is just like, well, here's where we differ. And for me, that only adds to the trust later on. Cause I, now I know where your head's at with games like that, that may come around and it makes it more fun to be honest when something comes around that it subverts expectations. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, now I'm, I'm kind of swinging this other direction. And John was already there. Why did he already like it? Well, it's because we were like, I like that, that back and forth. And all of those things I've just said in this big bundled up conversation is that's how you, that's where I trust the, the word of people reviewing video games where I, okay, where so- I, but if I go to steam and I see overwhelmingly positive and I know that's just users, And let's just say it's a game like, I don't know, like a vampire survivors like that I want to pick up or something. Right. And I'll see that score. This happened today. That's enough for me to run over there and throw five bucks at whatever the game is. Uh, So in the positive, I do tend to believe that that list because I think it takes more work to be positive than it does to be negative. I think being negative is easy. And so it doesn't mean that the game's crap if it has a bad review, but when it's that overwhelming and it broke all records for negative reviews, there's no way I can look at it from a practical perspective and go, ah, well, I'm sure glad I got the, got the skinny on this hey, horrible game. Like, so you're getting to what my point is. My point is, is that you're saying even for what you think is the more objective of the two, which is professional reviews, yeah. Even for a reviewer you trust, you still need context. Someone can't just flash a number at you and say, buy it, and you're going to drop $70 on a product right. or invest into it. Right. So what I don't understand is why people get up in arms 
about the overwhelming whatever score for user reviews? Like, why do we get so lost in the weeds? At the end of the day, you need context. Same thing goes for user reviews. And I don't know why it's so difficult for people to want that context on one side and then completely go blind to it on the other. And what I mean by that is this. People review bombs, uh, we'll say Captain Marvel, for example, right? Because yeah. it was a women in power movie. Stupid reason to review bomb a movie, in my opinion. But it got review bombed for it. I go there and I see overwhelming negative user or whatever they call it for movies, reviews. Yeah. Audience score or whatever. Yeah. I shouldn't just see that and go, oh, is bad and walk away. Yeah. I need context. I need to know why it's that. And when I go and I look at it and the first thing I see is, is dumb women's. I go, oh, well, then I don't need to count any of this. Yeah. I, don't agree, I don't agree with the premise of the review, and therefore I don't have to give any credence to it. Right. And I, it is the same with user reviews. Like, I think everybody should absolutely, it doesn't matter how big uh, or small the reason is, if a game bothered you, you have every right to go and give it a negative review, that's fine. But when we react to that review, we need to judge it for the context that it has. Is it dumb that people are down, like, giving bad reviews to Baldur's Gate because it's getting too good of reviews? Yes, that's stupid. But all it takes is going and reading those reviews where they say, this game doesn't deserve the hype it's getting. For me to go, oh, that doesn't apply to me. Mm. Like, there's no sense in getting caught up in, is it deserved is Overwatch 2 actually the worst video game in the world? No, it isn't. But Overwatch 2 is a very hated property. Why? Because Blizzard created that culture. They Whether it was Overwatch decisions or, like I said, there's a lot of Chinese votes in there and it's been done as a protest for what happened with Blizzard in China. Mm. That's still something the company did. That's still feelings that people have based on the company's actions. And there's no reason those people shouldn't be allowed to go out and voice their opinion. And at the end of the day, to me, if you're going to get so caught up in user reviews, your better bet is to just ignore them. Mm. Because they have as much value as the words that are behind them. and. Sure. It's if just, you give weight to those reviews, you're only giving weight to the opinions that they have. The real stinker of that, and I agree, I agree with you actually all the way there. The only thing I, I have a problem with, and then I want to throw it to Bo, is that in that, let's say, overwhelmingly negative review, there is somebody in there who may even left a negative review, but had constructive things to say, had things that may may have been really interesting for me or anyone else in the audience to see, and make some sense of but instead review bomb means so much noise so much clutter that it's impossible to cherry pick anything out of that mess i i i don't think it's the end of the world but i think it's i think it's kind of sad that we can't that we can't do that that we can't figure out a way like maybe it's on steam to figure out a way to suss this out better instead of just saying to us oh looks like there's a review bomb while i appreciate them showing weird activity and giving us a warning about it the, the further thing would be cool is if they just took some of that data and said, all right, well, based on our models, these people are just blasting the system, but we found these in the middle here that we think may be useful. 
I don't know if that's if that's anything they'll ever do or not, but then it just becomes kind of a waste, and I just I just cringe at the overwhelming negativity from players who I know are a lot of those people are playing it, <laughs> like they're in there right now playing that game. So that well, the the, the amount playing it, like there's fifteen hundred and fifty thousand negative reviews, and the number of people playing on Steam is only twenty thousand. Well, like, yeah, but all you had to do is come in there. The active players five to one. But all you had to do is come in here and go, click download, cancel download, go write a review. You didn't have to. But, do I mean, Overwatch one probably sold quite a bit. It's the same game, so I'd be willing to bet everyone who's reviewed has probably played this game at some point. Yeah. Um. I th- well, I except for the people memeing. I've been scrolling through the reviews. Most of it is that say that the people who make the porn work harder than the people who work on the Overwatch. <laughs> that seems, you know, and that's it's a hurtful thing to say. I, I think the people. It's also inaccurate. But this is. Um, I don't know. I haven't made any porn, Scott. I don't know which is harder. No, I'm not. I'm not saying video game, and no, I haven't made. What I'm porn. saying is them saying that they know. They know when they say that that they think. What they're saying is is obviously not true, but it's a funny troll. Well, the oh, answer yeah, is probably that the porn the makers point. may be working really hard. I don't know. Nobody wins in that because the troll doesn't actually care about no, any of it. But, but the the point is that like, I think at a certain point you look at this and you say like, what have I done to engender this much sentiment? I thought it wasn't this serious. I thought it was safe to put our product on Steam. Not the developers. I'm sure if you asked any developer working at Blizzard about putting this on Steam, they're going to tell you this will get review bombed. Blizzard's fully in control of executive people who spend time on yachts, who barely play video games. I mean, they move their hands around like this probably when they play. Like, I mean, it's just, I think that, and I think you can look at a history of decisions that people have been unhappy about that have compounded that don't come from development. They come from business. They come from Activision. And people are expressing their frustration, not in a very constructive or good way. But this is like, at this point, this isn't about reviewing the game. This is about like broadcasting. This is a protest. At a certain point, review bombing is potentially a protest. And I think, I think, um, for a long time, people threw money at Blizzard in the heyday of WoW and loving StarCraft. And for whatever reason, there's a number of them, not one specific one, that pendulum has swung so far to the other side that nobody's happy. Nobody's in here defending it. And, you know, because some games, maybe they're not overwhelmingly positive, but someone will be like, I hate this game. And you'll find someone who's like, I love this game. It changed my life. Not everyone's going to love Disco Elysium. And like I'm looking at, Bal- I also was looking at Baldur's Gate's review on Metacritic while you guys were chatting, mm. and like uh, there's only there's three thousand positives and like a hundred negatives, and three yeah, of the positives, much. three of the positives I saw were like best game ever. They just accidentally put one or zero in, but they're actually tens. Mm. I didn't. There were some people who just didn't like either D and D. They don't like the D and D system, or they think the writing's cringe and from Reddit. Like, what are you gonna do? That's their opinion. Like for the most part, you can trust that this has like. If I don't. Th- I think the people balance. I think two things have happened: is that Baldur's Gate three is awesome, and press is trying to make hay out of one guy 
that said not to raise expectations about it. Maybe some other people said that, but for the most part, it's been very, I think they're squeezing a, a very small amount of juice out of a very small amount of criticism in that regard. Yeah. And I think also the, these review, I think probably some idiots did say they wanted to balance things out, but they could be a 12 year old. No one's valid. No one actually validated who was saying that. Like it could be someone who's really unwise for very understandable reasons, posting something dumb on the internet. For the most part, you can trust that Baldur's Gate three is a a huge success. And of course it will not, nothing is liked by a hundred percent of people. So if that's not you fine in the case of overwatch here, we've, we've like, this is transcended. This is, you know, EA levels of, this the 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 developers here appear to be choked out not even choked out blizzard it has like built up a reputation and whether it's true or not the perception is they're behaving counter to that and people are expressing that i think they've always had kind of a negative grognard audience to begin with mm-hmm. i don't think you ever solved that 100% as mongol's not going anywhere until he's you know old and dead <laughs> no no you know, so he'll be bitching about balance probably for the rest of his life and, and all that stuff and people like him but um it's there's nothing what the what people would like to see it's it's like an undeniable victory like that's why i say some people took exception not in a big way to saying like if you look at ballers gate 3 and think it's terrible you need to see a therapist is because even if you don't like it and you hate it you should be able to look at it and say, I understand why people like it. The same way I can say, I get why people like Zelda. I just not, not into your it. thing. Sure. If you're like, it's terrible and something's wrong with the world, it's like your worldview is like, you've got a lot of bias going in there. And I'm actually worried for you and your worldview because, like, when something's <laughs> really good, even if you don't like it, you know, it's okay. It doesn't, you know, we, we don't have to be hipsters about these, about these things constantly. It's not that important. It's just a video game. Yeah. And and like even this review bombing, this is this to me is a protest. This is we we and people are memeing sure, but all that to say is like it's so irrational and so negative for a number of reasons. I don't even think it has anything to do with Overwatch. But Overwatch does exemplify some pretty big things. People hate people hate microtransactions and they hate game systems with it. Even if they pay it. I play Snap, I play Mighty Doom. I actually kind of enjoy those games. But I hate them. In my head, sometimes I'm like, why am I playing this trash? Mm. Like Sometimes I'm actively engaging in things because I like the game. They've done meritorious things with the game that makes it frustrating. I love Genshin Impact, but I'm not going to play a gotcha game. And that makes me angry. Mm. And so, like, if you, you know, in the world we have, you know how, like, you have that inner turmoil where you're, like, you're happy to have a job and you're happy to do what you do, but you kind of hate how things are but you stay in the job but you actually hate it i think i think we're working on products like this that people want games but these companies for better or worse need to operate in a certain financial reality and we hate it and so when ballers gate comes out and rocks everyone's socks off and puts in their terms and conditions that they won't have microtransactions on pain of eldritch horror death <laughs> you know like and we're all, we cheer them and we want to say f you to anyone who's ruined games in the past 10 or 20 years like the business people not the devs business yeah. people are getting told what to do it we yeah. want them to 
find a big pole and sit on top of it and spin until their eyeballs fall out. That's how we feel about people who have like usurped gameplay mechanics for financial Skinner boxes in all kinds of ways. And, and that's Overwatch 2 was supposed to be like, okay, we'll put up with your microtransactions, but you're going to give us awesome campaign stuff and story. And they're like, well, we gave you the store and this and the, and the financial systems, but we're not going to give you the PVE game that we made a whole trailer and promised for years for. Understandably, people are upset oh, if they're that passionate about the company that they love. Yeah. They're Same. fighting for its, its soul. It's I'm with them. Engraved but they're not around expressing that it very orc. well. Like, 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 go look at that orc statue, look at those plates, and ask yourself, is Blizzard following those policies? No. They 100% are not anymore. No, they are not. Like, they, they should well be tearing up. those up, and they want to believe that they're still following them, but they 100% aren't. And I, I, I do sympathize with the devs. I mean, we heard about that. We heard stories from the Blizzard campus of employees, like, putting paper over certain ones of those values as a way of saying, like you're not following this as a form of protest. I'm not trying to eyeball the devs individually and go, you're bad, but they are being run by a corporation that is making decisions that has turned their fans against them because the fans feel turned against by the company. And I think Bo said it really, really well with this as a protest. Yes, there are going to be people you know, that carry stupid signs to a protest, but that doesn't mean that their protest is less valid than the people that write out a good point. I guess, I guess what I'm, I, I would say now to this, cause I actually agree with everything both of you have said. I, I wish they'd protest better. Well, this is what I'm saying. That's actually kind of what I want to get to. Is there a better public place for protesting, and I don't mean random shoutouts on Twitter and other I think, social like, media. You go to the White House. Is that a cool thing to say? <laughs> well, I mean, look Change at it this way. Change.org and get a petition going. If, like, l- let me let me put it this way: If everybody felt like the best way to protest uh, Blizzard was to go to John's house, uh, knock on the door, a lot of, a lot of people coming, and over they would all cram into your place and <laughs> shit everywhere and not take care of anything and just like kind of mess up the place. That doesn't feel like a good venue for I mean, a righteous cause. That's right. my point. So why is Steam why is Steam user reviews HQ? I don't know why that's Gamer, like most of the gamers but, but also gamers like it's not it's video games, right? We're not nobody's human rights are impeded, nobody's starving because you know like you're going to tell a bunch of people, do you want to save Blizzard's soul? Let's buy a plane. It's all buy plane tickets. You guys can afford plane tickets, right? You got phones, you get plane. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you like, got phones, you got plane tickets. It's right? Like, it's, it's like, it's, you know, it's just not, it's just not a reality. But like, um, side tangent, I've learned like, look, I, I like some K-pop, okay? But I don't lo- like love that I like K-pop. If that makes any sense, I, you know, I'm like, I, I'm not, I'm not in love with this part of myself. But I, I'll just be honest and own it. And you know, I sometimes watch like there's this YouTuber. I don't remember what he's called. He, it's like he's like a 500 view YouTuber. He is very. I don't even want to be that mean, but he's not very charismatic. He kind of reads off his prepared notes like a robot all the K-pop news in five minutes. Yeah. And I, I'm constantly like, why am I watching this? Hmm. But I've learned in this exploration that K-pop fans can also be kind of super insane. But they got nothing on video game fans. Oh, yeah. When they feel like a member of their band is being like featured less, 
like irrational crazy shit. Like they got two seconds less than the other boys in the latest video. They will hire trucks with billboards outside of the company (laughs) to spam and honk because, you know, Cher Young's not getting featured enough. You know what I mean? Like they're crazy. And then they actually do crazy obsessive shit like, you know, how things in the music industry and idol, you know, idolization goes. Yeah. Swifties are like So maybe what, what I'm trying to say is maybe we hire some trucks and horns and park them outside Blizzard and just go, bang, bang, bang. but like, even then that would require money. Gamers, pretty cheap. Like they're pretty yeah. cheap people. They're known you know, for being cheap. <laughs> sure. And, I, and, John, and John's right. Cause it's easy. And you're kind of saying the same thing. So, yeah. so whether steam intended it to be or not, this is the place, especially in PC gaming where people go and complain. Like, because we've given them, they have no other central forum. They have lots of dispersed forums, lots of places to spout yeah. off all sorts of stuff. But this is the only one place where I can go and in a nice, neat column, read them all, you know? So why wouldn't they congregate there? I guess what I'm saying is I wish I wish there was a place they could do this that was meant for this. Like almost like I'm not saying Steam should do it, but somebody would just be like, "Hey, all that complaining you do, let's let's make a big deal out of it." I guess the difference here is when this is next to a thing that wants you to buy DLC and buy battle passes and and take action on getting their game, then having that big red long overwhelmingly negative is is a force for at least in most of these reviewers' eyes, that's a force for change. Yeah. So, yeah. so maybe it's just fine. I, I guess I, what you know I what I don't like. I don't like when things are built for some one thing to get used for something else. Even though that's how society works, we often do this. You know, sk- skater kids are going to find rails at the local business park to skate on. You didn't design those rails for those skater kids. You designed them to hold on and go up to your big white collar (laughs) office. But kids are going to skate on them anyway. So maybe that's all this is. Just let them skate, I guess. It kind of is. Like, and that's what I mean. Like, and I think it's, I think it's great. I think Bo said it perfect. It's protest. It's not a review. You shouldn't look at the news story that says Overwatch is the most negatively reviewed game on Steam and go, oh, it's the worst video game ever. If you are taking that from that, you are, you know, two plus two equals potato. You're not drawing (laughs) a logical (laughs) conclusion from this. That's not that's not what it is. You just need to look at it and go, why is this game by a big company like Blizzard? Like, why are they getting such negative reviews for their game? Oh, look at what all is in this game. And if you're genuinely wondering whether or not you should play this video game, it's a good way to find out what's going on with the game. Like, yes, a lot of the meme reviews are sitting right up there at top, but you can you can look into it and you can go, well, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree. That's, the new hero looks dope, by the way. I'm watching the trailer on Steam, and she's pretty badass. Looking. Who who does on Steam? I don't know what her name is, but she's got like a Zarya kind of style. Oh, she a new well, lady. We didn't talk about it, but did you hear the? I'm just going to tell you my honest feedback, and if people don't like the way I phrase it, then it tough, go, tough boobs. Go pound sand. Yeah. Uh, did you hear the sad, desperate way Blizzard marketed the cinematic around this new character? <laughs> no. No. What? So you know how usually when they do one of those big like Overwatch cinematics, it's like flooded everywhere. You can go watch it wherever you want. Yeah. Like they just hit every level. 
you had to log into Overwatch to see the cinematic. They didn't release it on YouTube. Really? They released it only in the game client so that you had to actually oh. load up Overwatch in order to see it. Uh, I don't love that. I, Even isn't trailer that for a new one product? of the most lame, sad things you've ever heard? Yeah. It's a trailer for a new product. It's a Lari, I think. It was a name. new. It was a new cinematic. I, it, I'm oh. sure it's on YouTube now. But when That's it first came out, even on Twitter, because I remember seeing it, because I still follow a lot of those old Blizzard accounts. Mm. Even when I saw it, I was like, "Really?" Because like right there on Twitter, it's like log in the game to see the new cinematic trailer for blah blah blah. I was like, "What are you guys doing? This looks so sad. Yeah. This looks so sad." They're doing like marketing that you know a, a paper company would do you know what i'm saying like we know we, this genie's been out of this bottle for a freaking long time you don't you don't hide your your thing in the middle of the game just because you hey hey that'll get more people downloading the thing uh yes sir but we as gamers also no 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 i don't care this sounds great i can just feel some guy in a suit telling him to do this that's why it's, people are pissed yeah. this feels like a the suit same, ran everything it's the same guy who made rise of the beasts by the way i saw that trash pile oh oh man rise right. of the beast was sorry to, not I, good. yeah we should is it bad for later is it it's bad terrible. it wasn't it, no no it wasn't it, the it, worst it, movie in the world but man the ending <laughs> no no the, it is a the ending's real bad <laughs> it's not even autobots i don't know what autobot kills cops casually but that's how the whole thing starts and it put me in a bad mood oh, oh no God. I haven't seen it yet. That bums me out to hear that. I mean, I'm going to spoil a little bit. Like, you know, usually in a movie, a human meets the Transformers for the first time and he gets all Shia LaBeouf, right? Yeah. yeah He's yeah. trapped in the car. You've seen it in the trailer. Sure. And then the, they think the car's stolen. And Mirage just like running cops off the road. First of all, cops don't even chase after a stolen car like that. That made me mad at first. I was like, That's not very realistic. <laughs> they do not care about stolen cars like that. Let me tell you, that is a fiction. Yeah. But, um, uh, if you could believe that for a second, Mirage is totally like running them off the road, like Smokey and the Bandit style, yeah, like injuring cops and killing them. Oh, well, what Autobot? Yeah, that is weird. Autobots, Autobots, and then do that. and then op- you think Optimus would upbraid him or what, reprimand him or whatever? Nope, he's like, yeah, these humans, we got to hide yeah, from them. I'm like, Optimus hates hates people in this movie. Optimus Ooh, yeah, is Optimus, not not cool with human beings. I've never seen a crankier Optimus Prime in my life. I don't like that any of that. that you yeah, described. it's like it's like so whoever made it. Then I don't think they even know what Transformers Just are. I think they wanted to make them fast up on the, the shelf. I think uh, they wanted to make Fast and the Furious and got stuck with the Transformers movie. That bums me out. I thought yeah, there'd be terrible. something. Also, the Beast not in the not in it a lot. Really? I know we talked about yeah. this, but the thing you're excited to see in the movie are at the very beginning uh, and the very end. Unless you like the bird. <laughs> There's a lot of the bird. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of the bird the bird there's a lot of the bird oh the bird the, the beast yeah. boar bird lady or and, guy or and whatever it is. one last thing yeah. but my poor boy wheeljack i don't know <laughs> yeah there was a, must have been a lot of drugs available like on set or something like that or wherever they were designing this thing it looks nothing like oh, wait I mean, was it yeah, wheeljack? wheeljack looks they look nothing alike. I mean, it's been memed already. I already knew about yeah. it ahead of time, so yeah. I wasn't that upset about it cuz I knew. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. But yeah, yeah they just after the promise of Bumblebee looking like they're getting back to G1, they're like, "What if we didn't? What if we just did whatever?" 
They do look better than any of the Michael Bay Transformers, but yeah, it was not a good movie. Bumblebee still remains the only good Transformers movie. Even then, you know, it's you've got your scene where there's a giant robot messing up somebody's house in a clumsy way. But yeah, but at least it was. Yeah, yeah, shoot. Look at that. Look at look. And they kind of I guess they because they go to South America, they give him like, you know, a. A Hispanic vibe, <laughs> yeah. for, just cause. Yeah, I don't know. It, the whole thing is honestly I, when he started when when Mirage is like totally like killing auto like cops like no problem. Not that I have a huge thing about cops, but Autobots defend life as precious. Yeah, not, all human it's life. Like, cops it's like not. super. You know how Superman got uh, trashed because all of a sudden Superman's fine with collateral damage. Like yeah, millions yeah. had to die. Oh well, it's like. That's not Superman, idiots, like whoever made this movie. And same here. Like Autobots are very, that's kind of what makes them endearing. They're so careful around the humans. They do not want to kill a single one. Yeah, and that's Also, it's all a great big setup so that they can tie in Transformers and G.I. Joe. Really? Yeah. They're doing the Hasbro. Hasbro Sorry, I'm going to spoil Rise of Beast. The big surprise at the end is that they try to hire the kid to go work for G.I. Joe. Shit. So it is the Hasbro cinematic universe. They're aiming, they're trying to get that going. That's what they're going yeah. for. Boom. Without the without any writing talent, yeah. they, got a, they hired someone on Fiverr to write it. I think or homeless. And guy. like I'm <laughs> I'm super into Transformers right now, and I can forgive a lot because I'm watching the G1 cartoon. And holy shit, people just didn't care back then. Oh. In 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 tv it's amazing i watched a scene where somebody like bumblebees coming towards a cave and it cuts to i don't remember who it is might be wheeljack but he's like oh here comes bumblebee and bumblebee is standing right next to him when he says it because they didn't remove him from whatever animation they were reusing for him to say that line oh they didn't care (laughs) They didn't care about that. He's them. just standing there. No, it was the standard. People just disappear. There's like, it's just crazy. They, it's they, so it's so insane. Megatron died in one episode, seemingly, and then he was just back the next episode. And then like another episode after that, they went back and acknowledged that he died previously <laughs> and is now suddenly back alive. It's so nuts. Yeah. I love how much they just don't care back then. They're just like, like gotta show you some toys that was the whole era we gotta we gotta move toys that whole era was that there was no the continuity was always bad the animations uh quality was garbage like that was the time that was the era and i and i love it for all the same reasons you do but i don't know they had an opportunity this new one so i'm bummed out to hear this yeah me too i was very bummed the barbie movie you know especially after the barbie movie i'm just like oh there's no excuse for this like if you can make a barbie movie amazing the, there's no excuse for the level of disrespect they show the Transformers. Yeah, if you can make Barbie good, what are you doing? Transformers are easy compared to that. Are you kidding? They're giant well, robots. They're, <laughs> they're cool by default. You just have to put some on the screen and people are like, yeah. Yeah, it's exactly right. <laughs> and they have to look good, though. Like, so that it's is a- real embarrassing how much they F it up because it's not that hard to make it awesome. I'm annoyed. All right. Yeah. Well, I watched anyways, but- Shockwave today on a cartoon use mind control powers to try and get a dad to shoot his son with a gun. And I was like, what is this cartoon? This is amazing. <laughs> Shockwave is kind of crazy. I remember that. Shockwave had moments. He had, he had stuff in that, um, that early yeah, stuff. But I wanted to say one more thing before we moved on. Yeah, please. In that I was talking with the K-pop creator and just chat room all lit up thinking it was Tom Barrett. And I, I want to say, 
I was not ref- the low charisma person who just reads is not Tom Merritt. He's very charismatic, and I love listening to him talk. <laughs> yeah, he's no, amazing. Tom's great, but Tom is a it's is not a, Tom Merritt. Okay, he, just he in is, case. he's the so, most knowledgeable about K-pop of anyone I know. He's so crazy. I'm sure into he it. is, and he's charismatic and beautiful, and not who I was talking about in any way, shape, or form. So yeah. just don't. <laughs> yeah, that ain't just, him. I'm nipping that in the bud now. Okay, it's, it's someone you never heard of. Yeah, keep those emails to yourselves. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Let's do uh let's do this. We're gonna get into what we played this week. Oh boy, guess what we're gonna talk about, everybody? It's a little game you may have heard of last week. But uh, we're going to talk about it some more. Baldur's Gate 3 was kind of the big one. Uh, I managed to carve out a little bit in a couple of others, but they're, they were so use case specific that you'll understand why Baldur's Gate still ended up dominating everybody's time. Um, so yeah, let's talk about it. There's We're all in kind of different places. Um, I've, I've played the game for maybe 20 hours, so I'm a lot earlier than you guys. I just didn't have the game time I wanted uh, for it. So I'm literally dorking around in act one and I'm now on my third return to the goblin zone area. Uh, so I can try to clear out that whole, that whole, uh, goblin Your underground third thing. Return? Yeah. The reason I did that is there was some stuff that happened in there that kind of solved what I needed to do to progress, hmm. but it kept bugging me that I didn't do certain things. It's like, well, I never did do anything with that hobgoblin or not hobgoblin. What are they called? Maybe it is the kind of well, those hobgoblins. I think it is the hobgoblin, the big red one that was like preaching to them all in there. Yeah, Draz Reglin or something like that. Yeah, can never remember yeah. names, but yeah. anyway. By the way, just a, just a quick thing. Uh, we did say the name of the game this time, right? Yeah, Baldur's yeah. Gate Three. Baldur's Gate Three. Three. So we're gonna be talking three. about for the next long time. Long time. You wonder. Hey, can. you. Yes, you. Who's <laughs> looking at a second screen right now? I'm talking directly to you. I knew you were distracted listening to this podcast. Yeah. Because you're probably We're playing, talking about Baldur's Gate three right now. Yeah, probably the game you're playing on your second screen right now. That's the game <laughs> we're going to be talking about. Yep. Um, well, anyway, I I just kept wanting to go back and fiddle, and the game's really good at that. Um, since we last talked, you know how I hadn't found uh as 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 Kekalon. What? What's his That's name? Not just started cussing at me. Aster What's his name? The vampire. Asterian. Asterian. I can't remember their names. Um. I immediately went and got him. I I immediately went and got him last week after we talked because you know how I didn't find him. Well, I went and found him. I hate to say this. Okay. He drives me crazy and he annoys the living shit out of me. However, he's really good at all his kit. 
And I haven't respect anybody. I'm kind of like this run through. I'm treating it all as like, well, this is how I find people. I'm not going to mm-hmm. go. Okay. I'm not making Withers do that stuff until uh, either later or another place. You met Withers, though. Oh, yeah. I got Withers. He's all good. You um, still want to date Withers? Because that was your big proclamation. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna romance show. Withers until he gives in. Because <laughs> I got to tell you, I had an unexpected interaction with Withers. I'm not going to say what because it's in the spoiler territory, but... He gets involved in camp politics. <laughs> He's not just a benign res your team guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he surprised. is he he definitely like I was surprised too that he would He has opinions. I was like, I thought you were just a res bot, but like no, he pays attention. Not only and, that, it he's, invo- he's it involved a child, which concerned me. Oh. All of a sudden there's a child in camp and he's getting involved in the child's fate. And I'm like Oh, maybe he plays a bigger role down the road and you just don't know it yet. I don't know. I mean, he's a pretty, he's got all kinds of jewelry and weird stuff for a dead guy. There's something up with him. He's not just, he's just not an undead guy. There's something more going on there. He's like got style. He hates answering <laughs> questions clearly. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. like, he doesn't, yeah, he, he likes does, to be ambiguous for sure. Um, that was my favorite interaction with him was the time where I got to say like, hey, Withers, can you just break that down for me in basic English? And he just goes, No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, thanks. <laughs> but Bo, Bo saved my life last week with the, uh, I think John learned it then too, about sending all your crap back to camp. Um, so you mm-hmm. could just, you could really stock up on whatever, sell a ton of things, give those things to, uh, you know, better your relationships with vendors and all that stuff. So I've been doing a lot of that. Um, w- the reason I'm back fiddling with goblins again is I think I want to just clear them out. They're all bastards and they all should die. So I'm just going to slowly work my way in there and kill all those guys. Even though I've done enough to move on, like story-wise, there are other quests outside. There's plenty to do. I just, I got all bunged up in there and, and currently that's where I'm saved. <laughs> Scott's like so. a slow Anakin. Yeah. He went, he successfully rescued his mother and then he went, you know what? I don't like that they took my mom. Yeah. I'm going to go back there. I'm going to go back there. I got, I got <laughs> he went you. back and he killed all the warriors and then he went, I'm still angry. You're not wrong. I'm like, I'm going to kill the women and kids too. I'm going to get them all actually. I got to tell it. you, I cleaned them out too. Did you? I, I did. I did as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I talked to them all first and got lay of the land, got as much intel as I could. But ultimately, you know, I'm, I'm like, they're goblins. Yeah, they're goblins. I, and I feel like I have a goblin completionist attitude. I want to take them all down. They all suck. Every the, but the thing that you don't really sort of get because it's kind of fun at first is like, oh, there's some dialogue. There's some intrigue. Mm-hmm. And then as you play the game, pretty much anything you can kill you can in this game, you can also talk to and negotiate with. Mm. Unless it's like, you know, some avatar of death or, you know, someone dead. Like not everything. Even then, undead will talk to you. Like everything will talk to you if you let it. So, you know, there's this, there's no, like, I just want to kill some dudes because like every, in the back of your head, every time you just engage in a fight with something, you're like, yeah, but maybe they had some cool content I'm missing from talking to them. Like, like should I really just be assaulting everything just because they look, you know, terrible? Yeah, and, I actually yeah. kind of, I'm always a little sad when I didn't get to, or I'll save scum a couple of times because I'm like, I really want to talk to that goblin before I, I kill him. I probably will still kill him, but I'd like to see if there's anything else going on. And sure enough, there have been times where it's an enlightening conversation or I end up with a piece of gear I didn't expect or because I'm high in a certain stat and I roll nice, I end up going a different way or that guy just leaves. He just takes off or whatever, right? Like that's the beauty of the game. It, this is the week where it really sunk in that I'm playing a true, it's a true sandbox game. 
meticulously detailed and crafted, but sandboxy as hell. Like the rules are the rules, the characters are the characters, your strengths and weaknesses, your spells and abilities, all those things are there. They're constructs and they're real and, and you're, you, you adhere to them. But then what you get to do in that world is so immersive and emergent. I, I, I hear and see things that, again, I'm not even sure anyone else has heard or seen. I know there have been things happen I saw on a video on YouTube that did not happen when I got to a certain NPC because yeah. my my stats were different or whatever. Like when I found the, the the dude having sex with the big old lady in the barn the first time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every uh, video I Hobgoblin banging an ogre. Yeah, ogre yeah. and hobgoblin. And I I go in there and I thought, okay, well I know what this is gonna be. He's gonna ha- he's gonna try to defend his manhood and he's gonna go on and on about how awesome he is and she's gonna complain. Because I've seen this in somebody's video. So I'm like, I don't think he was using his manhood. It's probably too small, right? Well, the whole body. According well, I to don't the, know. He's bragging about it. Yeah, he's like, bragging about it's it. Big. Yeah, to, in the videos I saw, he's bragging about it. But in my playthrough, I might have thought about it too hard. Sorry. <laughs> in, my, in my playthrough, all they did was coitus interrupt us and then try to kill me. And I thought, did I do something wrong? I, re-ro- or I reloaded. I'm right outside the barn. Reload, do the whole thing again. This time, Shadowheart's talking. Maybe she can do something different. She's got different sensibilities, you know, and and abilities. And sure enough, it didn't matter what I did, what combination I did. I was missing somebody who would help them keep talking and not just create a fight in that barn. I had yeah, because I didn't them. fight them. They left for me. Yeah. See that to me, that just tells me how insane this game is. And it's the most. I think what a, not a lot of people have said out loud, but I feel like this is obvious. This is the first time somebody has been able to figure out how to take what makes D&D D&D in the first place and make the video game feel like you're doing that. Because yeah. previous D&D games, including Baldur's Gate games, they were awesome. They're great. Mechanically cool. Like All their ideas are neat. It's all neat. But never did I feel like I wasn't at least on some rails with those. This feels like the rails are 100% mine. I am a uh, autonomous individual making choices that no one else is going to make and and only I control my destiny even though I know underneath it all there is an arcing story there are things that are going to go a certain way but but even then not really because there's so many endings to this thing what was it 17 that we read 17,000 17, ways it can end permutations I don't not you call endings, them separate yeah. endings but it's like 17,000 different films or right. something like that. Like right, right, right. And so, but it, but that's when, once you start getting in far enough where you realize what's, that that's really happening in the game. Wow. It's just like this feeling of this is the first time a game is doing this to me. And the closest I ever felt to this was like maybe Dragon Age Origins or maybe oh gosh and, and Tabletop D&D. That's it. I think, I think honest, this is the tough thing about um, choice-based games because you're only seeing what you're seeing. You don't appreciate what's going on behind the scenes. Right. I think I, I think a lot of people are going to look at this game and have criticisms, feel like they're, they're like... It's, it could, I think you can easily mistake this for feeling like not as flexible as you think it is mm. because you're only seeing the, the option. Uh, having gone as far as Act 2 you definitely start to see decisions and sides chosen take shape mm. 
in more meaningful ways as well. Like act one really is just laying the groundwork for the variability you're going to see later on with the choices you've made and they reference your choices and act one is gigantic. Yeah. It's huge. Like, it's not like you did like three decision points in a telltale game and in episode two, they remember them. Right. You're like, I think I made like 70 decisions, you know, mm-hmm. and different NPCs react, including the people at your camp differently. I do not think if you're to actually, it's protected IP, so I don't know, but if there was a way to see the source code or map out the actual, maybe we'll get there at some point when some enthusiasts fully map out the variabilities in the game. And it gets data mined. Just yeah. how intricate of a web of decisions is involved in this game. Because it might be the first or greatest of its kind in that regard. And that's not flashy graphics you can throw in a trailer. You just have to experience it and then understand yeah. how it's working behind the scenes. Because that's why I think it feels like a DM. I think the games also behave in unpredictable ways that like make make you have to turn off your video game brain. Most pe- A lot of people who play video games have already played a lot of video games. Right. It takes a lot to stun and surprise us. Mm. Yeah. And I'll like, give a great example yeah. of that. Like, the moment for me, because a lot of, like, I've played games with choice and decisions and branching paths and all of that. So while this game has a lot and I'm impressed by it, the first time where I was like, holy shit, that worked. This, this is D&D. I went into a room I had to rotate some stuff for a puzzle. I was trying to rotate something and uh, I failed an athletics check. Not surprising. I'm playing a bard. I have an eight strength. Wasn't going to probably happen. So I go, all right. So I get Carlac up there. She's very strong. She happens to fail it too. Oh boy. Okay. Let's get Lizelle in there. She's strong too. She, let's see what she does. Nope. She failed as well. All right, Will, I hope you roll well, despite the fact that you're a warlock. I hope you do quite well. Nope, he fails as well. Oops. But I really want to solve this puzzle. I don't want to turn around and go, well, that's it. It's done. So on a just hunch and not wanting to give up, I grabbed a bottle of grease and threw it at the device. Mm. And my bard was successfully able to push and rotate it after that. (laughs) Because the grease loosened it up. <laughs> right. Yep. It and less, I was, uh, it's like, that worked? That's amazing. Yeah. That's incredible that that works. Yeah. Like, the, it's not just about the big, like, oh my gosh, like, what a crazy story moment. Sometimes it's as simple as, like, I did this because that's how it would work. That's the kind of puzzle I would solve as a player of D&D. And all of a sudden, it, it it actually worked that way, and the game allowed for it, and that was so cool. That that to me opened up so many more options, uh, because like you were saying, both I had to get past the gamer brain. Gamer brain is I would click it, and it would bring up a dialogue, and it would say, "You have grease in your inventory. Do you want to apply grease?" Because it would want to show how clever show you it how could to be, do it. right? Yeah. 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 Instead, it was just like, "No, you figure it out organically." Yeah, and, and I, I did, I, and I, I felt rewarded. And for you it. should, and and I've had a few moments like that as well. It's the, it, I guess what I was trying to express before, and I'll say it this way: when I was younger, when I was a kid, video games felt like magic to me, like there was magic happening underneath the controls and and the visuals. And then you become a jaded gamer who's played a lot of games, a lot of genres, a lot of stuff over a long period of time, and it's really hard to surprise you. And the feeling of at least the the magic feeling gives way to things like my video card won't run this or I can tell this game's only got 14 
of these, but it makes you think there's more, but really there aren't. You know, you can kind of see below, you can see the man behind the mirror, sort of. This is the first time since I was a kid where I felt like something magical, otherworldly was happening behind the scenes and happening on my yeah. my computer somehow. That's the best way to put it. Like, even starting Final Fantasy VII Remake, once you see the item system, you're like, I can predict how the next 80 hours are going to go. I'm still going to play and enjoy it. Yeah. But, the, you know, I, I'm going to get sword upgrades. I'm going to slot things into it. I understand what the item range is and what my guy will do. This feels like anything's possible, particularly from a narrative perspective. I'm actually scared of losing people. Mm. I'm scared Same. of, like, in this game, you'll get companions, and if you ignore them, they'll piss off. They might even fight you. I, I want to, I don't know if it's too early to talk about the relationship thing yet or not, but, like, this was a huge moment for me. Was um, so you know, Lizelle she gets Yankee. They get dragons. I'm a dragonborn, and you know she wanted to bang me. And she's like, the fact that your dragon's kind of hot, and you know she's very domineering. She's like, bang, and then get out of my life. Like she's not really like, you know, she just kind of wants to use you for personal pleasure, basically. <laughs> so I was like, okay, that's cool, it's fun. And then Carlac joins the team, and as you know, we're all well. It's just, I think we're all fans of Carlac, but John and I are like, yeah, Carlac. Oh, I like we her a lot. Last night. yeah, she's great. You know, and and Carlac will once she get warms up to you, she'll be like, you know, I'm on fire, so I'm gonna burn your dick off. So let's not <laughs> have sex, but like, let's hurry up and get this thing cooled down. And Jeez. I will. She, I think she says at one point, like, I'm gonna grind your bones into dust with how like hard she's gonna ride you or something like that. Oh my god! Like, and you're just like, I'm f yeah, I'm into this. Let's do this, right? So I'm like, okay. So my plan is. Lizelle for now, and Lizelle doesn't really seem to care that much, and she's a kind of a turbo bitch, and it's kind of fun and all, but you know, Carlac, <laughs> right? And then, um, and you know, because she doesn't care, like an Asterian's kind of fun. I kind of banged Asterian too, just because I was like, yeah, let's just, let's just do some. <laughs> I slept with that. How many opportunities do you get to have like gay vampire sex? I was like, all right, let's see this. I mean, so far out. in life, none. None. But, yeah. You yeah. know. So. <laughs> like, I was I'm like, not 40 Ooh. yet, so who knows? I am yeah. such. So you know, I, this game is exposed, and you're 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 making you're making it worse a little bit. It's exposed something in me. I am such a monogamous prude. Well, it, hang on. Let me when get, it comes let me to get, relationships. You, All right, keep going. Let oh, me tell you my yeah. story because I think you'll like where this goes. All so, right. anyways, I bang Asterion. and then I get to camp one day, and then and then uh, Will is dancing, and I'm like, okay, Will, and it's apparently the start of a romance. He's dancing and he's flirting with me, yeah. and then I go in for a kiss, and then I'm like. So I had just gone through the crash with Lizelle, and I go in for a kiss. Like I'm making out with Will. And he's like, you know, there's an option to have more. And I'm like, you know what? I don't, I don't think I'm ready for this. I, I, I'm banging too much. I have too much going on right now. I'm like, I'm banging I am, I'm, too much. I, I, I don't need to bang Will. I'm good, you know? And then what happens is I talk to Gail and Gail's like, so you and Will, eh? And I'm like, I'm like, yo, Gail, what the hell? You, you just taught me a magic spell. And he's like, I thought we had more to it. I'm like, when? Yeah. And so Gail's <laughs> like, I don't know how we could go on knowing I love you, but you don't return. And I'm like, I love having you. You're a great pal. Like, I wish the best for you, but I just don't feel that way about you. I got five other people. I'm like trying to sort my feelings out with a Gail's the one feeling jilted. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, Gail, um, no, thanks. And then I'm like, I need to settle this game down. I go to Will and I'm like, no thanks. Yeah. And then 
And then, I don't know, you know, you're off adventuring, you're doing, oh, and I, I go to Asterian. No, no, not yet. I do some adventuring stuff, you know, a few nights pass or whatever. And be, and then, then Lizelle comes to me and is like, I've never loved anyone like I love you. And I've got this hard shell of an exterior, but like, I realize I want to show you my soft side and I want to surrender myself to you. Like just this whole other 180 on the character. All of a sudden she is like the loveliest character in the game. Mm. And she asked me to commit, Yeah, say I'm yours. Yeah. And I'm like, in the caught up, I'm caught up in the moment. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. Like, we, you know, and then all of a sudden I'm like, shit, I got to break up with like 15 people now. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> and so, yeah, like, you do. Yep. I'm yeah, like, so, you do. So, so now I go to Carlac and I'm like, I know, and I just fixed her. So she's ready to go. Like, we're uh-huh. ready to have sex. And uh-huh. I'm like, Carlac, man, we can't bang. Sorry. And she's like, what? Really? I've been waiting 10 years to have sex with someone. You said you would do it. And now you're giving me, you know, blue balls or whatever. Just I'm send like, it over yeah, to I'm Gail. I'm sure you'll find someone yeah, else to Gail, grind Gail's into ready to go. Go go find Gail. He's good. He's so, yeah, exactly. Gail's That's, greatest magic trick is being in relationships that nobody else knows about. Exactly. So, Car- Carlac, I'm like, I made a commitment now to, to so this is where the monogamous thinks of it. Like, I made a commitment. And not only did I make a commitment, Scott, and this is minor spoilers, but I'm so excited. I'm going to do it. If you make a commitment to a Githyank, Lizelle particularly, but they have Klingon-like rituals. She's like, we got to fight each other to prove how much we love each other. So we get into combat, and she kicks the shit out of me. She's a fighter with <laughs> yeah, she attacks, does. and I'm a bard. <laughs> and you want to attack? And she's just like, kabam, 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 kabam. And then, and then after she's like, I'll never do that to you again. You're mine. And you know, yeah. And it, now like, um, anyways, I had to go break up with a stare. I'm like, Asterian, it's done. Don't want anything to do with you. It was fun. And yeah. he's all like, Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm like, Carlac, you have to find someone else to resolve your sexual issues with. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that whole dance thing that was, it, I was just in a place. All right. Find someone else. Drinking. So nobody, I think I've, I think I've, I've turned down everyone's sex temperature yeah and carlac and i are thinking now when when we either of us fall in battle we cry out like oh no ah Lizelle, or she's like oh yeah no. that is a good touch i like i like that that's yeah in there, so so weird. i'm like in a committed relationship now with Lizelle, which is why i have her up on my screen at the mm. it's funny um, because bo's story is eerily similar to mine uh which was i so if you all want to know the reason i have played multiple playthroughs of the start of this game is because I didn't find Carlac in what I felt was a fast enough time frame. I met her and immediately was like, she's the best. I could have done all this stuff with her. I found her on my way to act two is basically when oh, I bumped into wow, her. I found her really late, really late. And late. I was so mad about it. I started the whole damn game over because I was like, I want her in my team. I love her. She's great. I, I want her on this journey with me. And she's going to be my romance companion for sure. 100% guaranteed. So that's why I started the second playthrough. But I am so into Lizelle that before I even got to Carlac, she came to me and did the whole like, we're going to have sex tonight. And I was like, yes, we are. <laughs> even, even though I'd already made up my mind at that time. That this uh, this was going to be a Carlac playthrough for sure. I was like, nope, you're right. We are, yes, ma'am. Uh, 
And I was like, well, it'll be fine. It's just it's just sex. And I didn't even know Carlac yet. So it's fine. Yeah. Um, so I kind of spent a chunk of the game like Bo juggling the two of them and turning down other people because, yeah, Gail was like, we're in a relationship. I was like, when did this happen? It didn't happen, man. You made it up. Yeah. Um, Will did his dance and I was just like, hey, yeah, that's a nice dance. Uh, I'm not the partner for you, though. And he was sad. And Asterion and I. It's so funny. In the first playthrough, he and I were good buds. I don't feel like I did anything different. He didn't get to adventure with me in the first playthrough either. In this one, he just doesn't like me. Really? The first time I played through this game, he wanted to hook up. And he was even saying, like, I want to have sex. And I was just like, chill out, vampire man. This one, he didn't offer. He wasn't into it, and I wasn't into him. He and I just do not get along this playthrough for some reason. That's wild. That's funny. Don't know where that came from, but he, he is manipulating me. I don't really like it, and we aren't getting along as a result. But uh, anyway... I got to a similar point. I was working on getting Carlac cooled down so we could touch. And I finally got that quest complete. And she was like, next time we we go to bed, I'm going to see you. And I was like, oh, it's going to be great. This is going to be the moment. I went to bed and Lizelle shows up and professes her undying love for me and <laughs> wants to have ritual combat. And I said, yes, because I was so into it like Bo. And then I did it. And we partnered up and then all of a sudden Carlac, my only real options with her is to break things off. And I was like, I guess even though that was the goal, I guess that's what I'm going to do. And I felt so bad doing it. I reloaded a save and had to start over and was like, oh, my gosh, I got to go through so much stuff again. And so I went to Lizelle before she professed her love for me. And I was just like, Lizelle, whatever this is between us, it's over. And she's like. Good, fine. And I was like, good, fine. <laughs> I walked over and I was like, all right, it's done. And Oh, uh, so you saw what the Lizelle aspect was and then you were like, because Carlac, when you break up with Carl, like breaking up with any of them is actually like legit. I feel like I'm actually breaking up with someone. Like I'm actually feeling a little like, oh, no. They certainly know. make you feel it oh. with a few. Carlac was one that really Carlac got me because I did rough, really yeah. like her. Mm-hmm. And she makes you feel it. Lizelle wasn't that bad because I was like, hey, we're breaking up. And she was like, fine. And that was like, that was, she's like, fine, your loss. And I was like, okay, bye. She's See like, bye. <laughs> that was it. She just didn't, didn't seem to care. But, uh, I, I was in a similar boat. I did end up sticking with Carlac. She's the best. Um, and but it's I, almost like you're dating Nash Magard of the Solar Mines because she's got a heart, dragon heart, mechanical heart. She's uh, don't say that. I'm she's just nicer saying. than Nash is. She's yeah, certainly Scott. more attractive. <laughs> Scott with the chaos mind magic. Yeah. He's like yep. every time you think of Carlac, just think of Nash Magard. There's yep. still the same amount of penises between the two. Of you. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, I don't want to think about that. But, um, yeah, so. Anyways, th- that's the emergent gameplay. Is I feel it's like it doesn't feel like a dating sim, but I feel like I'm worried that that my decisions about how I treat people is somehow going to come up and affect me in later on in the story. Like I have a legit fear, like you know, probably will these these decisions matter. Yeah. So um, I'm curious about you, Scott. How how's uh, well? How's Shadow, how's Shadow Heart? Heart, Scott? So this is so this is where I'm at on the romance scale for BG three. Um, I was smitten with her from moment one. Yeah. And I have yet, I will not romance anyone else in the game. 
Uh-huh. I will, uh, for this playthrough. That's what they all say. I will only romance her. And even when others have made, uh, what's the word? Pass, not passes, but you know, they've made uh, moves. Well, there's passes and there's like professions of love, which yeah, I don't know. I've I wasn't a- expecting it. Lizelle was the last person I was expecting Same. what I got from her. Same. And she's actually being the most friendly with me, which is weird because we fight when we're out in the world, but when we're in camp, she wants to talk to me all the time and wants to be nice. And so I don't know what that's about, but... But um, part of why I am chasing after Shadowheart now is, A, she's totally my type. B, uh, I was hooked on that character the minute I saw her. And thirdly, she is playing very, very hard to get right now for my character. And I don't know if it's like what John's having with Asterion or if it's something else, but she is just like not cold, but just I cannot get her to a dialogue tree where it's anything more than, well, all right, I guess that's it. Uh, you know, I, I guess I'm happy we're all here together, but, you know, I'd be okay alone, too. Anyway, got to go. Like, it's just a very cold so, I mean, shoulder. I mean, That's going to beat this game, having <laughs> dedicated his life to Shadowheart, and she's not going to be interested I know. the entire game. <laughs> I know it. I know. I have this I have this sinking feeling that she, something bad's going to happen to her anyway. So, I can, well, uh, it's not a spoiler, but, like, just get to know her god a little bit like she's a cleric she's yeah. devoted her life to shar yeah and that religion so she definitely likes things that are in line like it's like dating someone who's really into christianity yeah. or you know islam or whatever she's just very gonna like it yeah. when you're like you, you don't walk up to the say like man uh, God damn it! Let me like, oh, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you're gonna have to be like, ah, oh, that uh, I read a bit of the Bible the other day. It's a pretty cool book. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's kind of how you have to approach her. She, I, I, I just will say, she's she's a devout. You know, she's a cleric. She's devout. I wish she I'll was. I'll just a, say, you know. stick with it, Scott. Learn more about her. I have some ideas on why and where things might go. I'll leave them for you to find out. But I also think it would be extremely funny if you put like so many hours into this game and she just doesn't care and isn't well, the, into you the whole the, time. Yeah. yeah, the thing to know about Shar is Shar is like the death god, so she's right. You know, There's some yeah, dark business going on. It's still cool, but like just yeah, you're 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 like you may find like sometimes with her particularly, I find myself at odds. Like she'll disapprove of things. Yeah, if you know they're they're not in alignment with with. You know, obscurity and shadow and death and stuff. So they apparently changed her hair a bunch on in the progress of the game. Not that this is important, but um, various stages of the game's release, she had different hair. And I don't know if you can change that in the game. Maybe you can. I don't think so. So they are working on a patch to let the character change their appearance because once you set your appearance, you're locked in for the entire game. Yeah. So maybe they'll let you you know, do some hair stuff. Cause the reason I want to do it is her hair sucks. And look, I'm not going to tell her that because I want, I really want her to, to, I want to, I'm looking to for a life with her later after uh-huh. all her adventuring's over. You're already trying to change her. You don't, if you can't oh, handle her with sucks. bangs, you can't handle her at all. Scott. Her, her what I will say sucks. is that it does grow on you. I, I think I know what you mean. I didn't love the look either, but now I'm kind of like, I'm into it. Like, you know, I, I think it looks it looks like Shadowheart, you know. I think I think with some time you'll you'll grow to like. But it she's too, the maybe. core. She's the core element element of my entire team. So who I have back in camp right now is Lizelle, 
Gail, freaking rot in there, Gail. You can just sit there, sit on your ass. I'll bring you, ma- I'll bring you Gail, magic shit here man. and there and feed it you to you. You just named two amazing characters that you have stuck at camp. I like well, him. Gail's a tragedy, but I find it funny that when he's like, I hate Gail. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I don't like Gail either. I, don't know I, I can't why, really put my finger on so it. so funny. But yeah. Gail, Gail's in camp, keeping them all company, whatever. He seems happy as pig and poo to be in there. He doesn't care. So uh, whenever I come back to him, he's like, I'm not hungry enough for a magic item, but I'm glad you checked, you know, with a little wink and I'm on my way. You know what it is? Gale is uh, Matt Berry of this video game. Yeah. <laughs> if, yeah. if Gale was Matt Berry, he would be on my team all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and I love I love Matt Berry, but in yeah, a I'd world... I'd be romancing that character, actually. I'd be like, sorry, Lizelle. Uh, I need to be with Matt Berry. But it was, a hard, it, it was a hard choice, though, and I know I can respect other characters to be good at opening stuff and as good with his rogue skills as currently constituted in Asterion, but I just haven't done it and i don't think i'm going to so i'm just going to keep him out there with me he's every once in a while I'm going to go oh sure could use some blood i have him oh i got a question for you guys when he does vampire bite in the wild like i i have him do that to a goblin or something is that satiating yeah. his need that he always talks about back at camp and having to go kill squirrels to get it or whatever i he gets a i don't know he's not on my team he's i think he gets man. a buff i yeah, i know because like if you if you so you let him bite you, yeah. and that's a one-time thing. Right? I did still- not. That's probably why he doesn't like me. Oh, so when you, when you let him when you let him bite you, I let him I let him drain. I, was I did. Kind of, yeah, it was kind of erotic. You know, it was, it was interesting. Well, I didn't do it for and eroticism, then, but I and then, <laughs> and then and then, but but then you know you're like I don't know. Isn't it kind of tense? You're like let him. It, it, it prompts you like three times to let him keep drinking, or no, this is too much. No, it's very good know, at doing that because really a bit uncomfortable. Farther. Yeah, some he's guy. getting super into it, and you're like, oh, yeah, okay. I don't like um, it. But uh, no, no, he um, you, he gets a buff after that cinematic, oh. where he has like plus one to everything, and you get a debuff minus one from getting your blood sucked. That's right. But but then he's strong enough to go eat animals, and you agree. I agreed not to do it. I'm like, I don't think I want to do that again. And he's like, that's fine. I have enough power to go get bears and shit now. So, all right. So you get bite, but I've only ever bitten like undead that poisons him. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you bite like nasty things, (laughs) it doesn't. So I actually haven't sent him out on a hunt for a legit, like tasty meal. Cause you know, I should have done that actually. It's a really, I get lots of, I've killed goblins with a single bite. Like he rolls real well with his bite. I think goblins have nasty blood. I think they're nasty. Well, now that I know that you guys all let him bite you, now I know why Asterion probably doesn't like me. Well, because okay, so the first time I was much more open to like what he did because yeah. I, when you guys got that cutscene where he wake up and he's over you, he's hovering over you. Yeah. Did you have puncture marks in your neck? Yes. Because the first time I saw that scene, I did not. The second time I saw that scene, I did. And Um, there was a part of me, the first time I had it, there was no bite marks or anything. I just like, I woke up as he was leaning in and caught him. And I don't know if it was like, maybe there was a perception check that got rolled that got passed or something, but there were no bite marks on my neck. So I was like, okay, I get it. You're a vampire. You tried to bite me. I don't really feel comfortable with you taking my blood. So cut it out. I'm not going to let you drink more, but it's fine. The second time when I woke up and I had holes in my neck, I was like, you're not in my party. You're at the camp. 
Yeah. This is presumptuous to a extremely high degree that you actually bit me without permission. So when he was like, can I have just a nibble? I was like, fuck no, <laughs> get out of here. No, you can't. Yeah. He's, he's really in your face on that. Well, he's kind of sympathetic. He didn't ask to be a vampire. No. And he's it doesn't not- matter. He could have asked permission. The, the main he thing didn't is ask not, permission. I true. drew holes it's in true. my neck. Yeah, true. you're, you're <laughs> right about point. that. Great point. I yeah. cannot remember if the holes were there after or before. Now that I think about it, I I think he didn't sneak one in, or at least is that I know of. But also, it's hard I've, to tell. I'm past the the damage, or sorry, the the disadvantage I had, or the negative one to whatever stats it was. That's gone now. So I don't know if I slept that off, or yeah, or do it's you? A long okay. rest, still clear it up. Right. Yeah, so you just have to recover. Way. But uh, I was going to say the. Um, I think it's. I think what they lean on with that, John, is that it's like, how do you tell normal humans that you're a vampire? You know, without yeah, like he doesn't want to. He's found other tadpole people. He's trying to survive with you guys. He's you know, he's trying not to tell tell people, but he needs to eat. You know, I'm look. I'm sympathetic, but you bit without consent, and that was too much. If we had had this conversation, if I'd known he was a vampire. Like maybe a different story, but this was all of a sudden he's real honest and humble when he gets caught. I don't like it. Like, I think any parent is going to take this this way. Any (laughs) parent knows how a kid acts when they get caught in the act versus when they ask for permission for something. And so as a parent, it's very important that you ask permission and not the like. Oh, I got caught, and now I'm very sorry. Now, yeah, forgive, the whole last forgiveness is easier than permission. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Both of you haven't slept with him, right? No, hell no. No, well, I do don't, know, I don't do, get do, along with him. Do you know about what's on his body? No. Is there a whole thing there? Not, See, this is what I'm me. saying about this game. A whole, a whole side quest opened up for me because I slept with him. Like It's not because I slept with him, but information came to light about something about Asterion. Mm. That resulted in other key NPCs in the game getting involved in what's happening right now with him. Really? And it just occurred to me that I'm like, wait, you guys didn't sleep with him, so you don't know about uh, the blank on his blank. Okay, but you just <laughs> you just described another example of this game subverting all expectation. Yeah, that's what like, I mean. It's like on surface value, I don't think people. I think sometimes when people criticize it, even that I see them playing it, and they're like, I don't know about this game. The web of dis- if thens, yeah, the web that that is there. I think I think we might be looking at something that's not been uh, as attempted as complex as what this is potentially. Yeah. That's not that I'm trying to draw a direct one to one comparison, but that's the exact same reason why I get a little annoyed with the particular criticism of Mass Effect only had three endings. Oh, kind yeah. of statement. Yeah. Like, uh, like People I'm not saying so you have to like Mass Effect. Effect <laughs> I'm not saying you have to like Mass Effect three, but like, to like what you're describing is exactly like your experience in three is very contingent on what you did in one and two across the board, and just because it ends in like kind of broadly one of five different ways, like all of three is different based on previous decisions you've made and you don't get to see what those other decisions are. Cause you're seeing the result of your playthrough. Um, but, uh, that's why I don't like that 
<laughs> that is a criticism is that, oh, it's just none of your decisions mattered. Well, it mattered. It mattered throughout the whole game. And I feel like Baldur's Gate 3 is the same thing. Like you're saying that and I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's so much I miss. But I also hear some of the things you guys are saying and I'm like, I don't think they know about you know, stuff too. Yeah. So I think that's super cool. I think like it's, it's incredible to hear other people talk about their experiences. And it's so hard because you just kind of got to bite your tongue and be like, Oh, they'll figure it out or they won't. And, we'll like, see I, how it goes. and like I say that nothing in a video game has felt like this. It, it, it usually you can see the seams or you can see, and not, not that that's bad. Like the, plenty of video games are linear or have elements that are predictable or whatever. And that's fine. They're inter- entertaining. We have a good time with them, but I've yet to play a game, maybe ever. I, that sounds hyperbolic, but I cannot think of another game where I felt this sandboxed. It, it, not in the boxed-in kind of way, but in the I, I my fate is entirely up to me kind of way. I think it's important to stress narrative sandbox because I think the action. I think when people think sandbox, they think Minecraft or something. Yeah, that's an important open. distinction. Yeah, I and, agree. But the word still applies. It's just not on the vector you're thinking. If you're thinking sandbox because, I mean, Larian games do have, like John with the Greece example, there is some sandboxiness to it. But I think if you're used to Minecraft or stuff like that, you're, you're not going to, it's not going to make sense to you. Sure. It's understanding like the cause and effect and reactivity in the narrative that feels sandboxy. Cause but also like, the, the five E rules applied to that sandboxiness, like me being able to walk into a room and have an interaction that went completely different for me based purely on stats than so, it did for yeah. you. It's so and just even combat. So like yeah. I, I'm in an area, I'm going to be spoiler free as possible, but I did want to share this. It was last night um, where I, you know, there's a creature leading me into a trap, and I get this feeling it's leading me into a trap, okay? Well, I know what you're talking and, about. And so I decide to go around, and I, I thought it was just going to be the one creature, and it turned out I made a successful perception roll, and I found, like, ten creatures waiting in ambush for me. And then I was like, oh, crap. I didn't even know what they were. Um, I engaged them in combat, fought them. It was a slugfest, but I won. Um something told me, I was like, you know, there's this many creatures and one of them was so huge. I feel like I missed content. I reloaded the save, decided to fall into the trap. Mm. Got a huge dialogue that was awesome, by the way, and also allowed me to pit potentially two parties again. This game often allows you to talk to one party who gives you a quest. And then you talk to the person that they want you to do something with and you can decide to switch sides like, you know, you can be like, mm, turn them on like each other. this person's offering me this. What are you going to offer me? Right. And then your party members like, what the hell are you doing? We came here to do this. And you're like, calm your, calm your balls. Balls. All right. Balls. Yeah, well, okay. balls. Yeah. Calm, calm, calm your balls, Zach. <laughs> I, I, we're st- still figuring things out. I want to hear both sides. But the fact that your party members anxious but then you can tell him that you're weighing both sides rather than doing the thing. But you know that party members like, I want you to do option one. Why are you flirting with option two? So now it's like, if I go with option two, my party member is going to be mad at me. What does that mean for the story? You know what I mean? Like, And I'm like, I'm like I actually feel like I'm making a decision that's impacting people's lives because yeah. yeah. I got to draw them through the whole story. And I haven't resolved it yet. 
Mm. But I missed a whole swath of content just because I went in there and murder hoboed the whole thing. <laughs> That's interesting because I did yeah. also murder hobo the whole thing. I yeah, followed right. the creature. I saw the trap. I went, I am not falling into a trap, especially because I was warned about this particular situation potentially. Oh, happening. you knew? I didn't know. And I, 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 yeah. I was told, well, I was told by somebody you will not have a chance to think you need to act quickly. And while I didn't believe that person necessarily, I was like, well, I'm not going to walk into a trap, got into a fight. And it was a tough as hell fight too. It yeah. was, it was rough. I think we're talking about um, the same thing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Are you yeah. a bard? Are you a bard right now? I'm a bard. Too? Yeah. Yeah. So it also feels bad when you don't use your bard tools and talk. That's why I'm like, I try to set off all the traps and all the conversations because I got a boss to kill himself. With a persuasion roll. Awesome. I use his own logic. I use his own logic against him. I think I know what you're talking about. It was, I use his own logic yeah. against him to be like, you know, well, what about you? You know, if you've got to do something to solve problems in the world, aren't you a part of the problem? And he's like, yep. yeah, you're right. <laughs> Kill, kills him. Like, he <laughs> dies. Didn't have to fight him. Huge health pool. Looks scary as shit. Uh, I got all the XP uh, for one or two good persuasion rolls. Being a bard is awesome. Yeah, bard <laughs> is. Uh, I saw. I don't remember who it was. It might have been Talius and an Evatel's account, but they they're really into uh, Baldur's Gate three right now, mm. and they tweeted out just imagine not playing bard. And honestly, I can't. What like absolutely the best class to play in this game. You don't need to take a Starian anywhere. For one, because <laughs> you can fulfill all the roguish duties yeah. just fine. Yeah, and uh, you get magic. You you're persuasive as hell. Uh, it's it is the best way to play the game. Absolutely. Did I tell you I guys I, I gnashed I gnashed a boss to death? Here's how I did it. So I'm playing a warlock. Yeah. It. So I gnashed him. Here's what I did. I walked into this this room, and I won't say what the whole thing was. It's probably not a spoiler. But anyway, I killed a guy who was double the hit points of everyone else in the room and had special abilities, and I did it by casting sleep. Uh, it was wild. <laughs> it oh, was wild that it worked at all, because I thought I thought his AC was... Uh, that was hey, yeah, it's not a spoiler for us. You're the one that's the farthest behind, so you can just tell us. Yeah, I can just tell I, you I'm, guys. Yeah. I've completely yeah. cleared Act 1. But he was uh, he's the big red hobgoblin guy, and he had extra okay. powers, and he had extra yeah. stuff. And so I was worried about this fight, because there are also like 12 goblins in there, and some have arrows, and they're mm. dipping, dipping their arrows in fire. And, busy room. Yeah, very, very busy room. I'm not really having trouble with the goblins. They're all kind of not easy to dispatch, but you can get them in a couple of hits. And, you know, I'm trying to be tactical and all this. Um, but this main dude, the hobgoblin guy, is a real dick. And he is, you know, hurting me real good. Everybody. And being real pesky. And I'm losing a lot of rolls on, on certain kinds of abilities on him. And I'm just kind of frustrated with him. Almost to the point where I'm like, I may just scum save before this and then just figure out a better way, a tactical way to take this guy out. Maybe go on the rafters and shoot down some of those big uh, coal, you know, burning coal filled like uh, chandelier like things or whatever and try to crush him or, you know, it's getting all creative. But finally I'm like, you know what? I haven't tried yet. And it was a Starian actually, cause he has it built into his kit. I haven't tried sleep. So let's cast sleep just for fun. And I cast sleep on him. It works barely if I remember right. And he clumps or slumps down and falls and falls literally off the thing down into the abyss, which means I can't loot him. 
but all it took was a, sink, a, a freaking sleep hit, and he was gone. That was it. Done. That's oh, and amazing. I, you, ca- you cast his sleep on him, and he fell. And into he the fell cabin? into the pit and died. And then I only had to clear up the goblins, and it was a piece of cake after that. I never got whatever he was carrying, which bummed me out. I, I kept which trying to find pit? ways. Is there's to... a spider pit? Wasn't the spider pit? No, spider pit's behind him. So it's back. You know when he goes, he goes up to like a. When you first talk to him, he's by the spider pit. And then when you're yeah. done, he wanders up top and then is up there just yelling idioms or whatever. Oh, Our conversation, wander- my conversation never went that far. He was always by the yeah. spider pit. Oh, wow. Weird. That's weird. So he I was behind. Back. There are some chasms in that place for sure. So he yeah. was. So you slept him. And totally didn't mean to. Don't, didn't mean to. He fell into the pit and died. I could never get down to the pit. I tried. Yeah. For those um, who haven't listened to There Will Be Dungeon, this is a classic <laughs> Nash moment from the Scott campaign. Move. Scott of retelling. Yeah, I love Well, it was accidental, but like the way he cast it, because I think, I can't remember the exact context, but they were being chased by some guzzle gang guards, I think, through sort of an urban, urbanish yeah. setting. Yeah. And he casted it such that the area of effect, because it has an area of effect, <laughs> it does, um, would have entered into a building that yeah. was just a house. Yeah. So I'm like, well, there's there's people that just live in there. <laughs> yeah. And it says that you have to use the hit points on the lowest. I think in the D and D rules, on the you have to use them on the lowest target within the range right. ascending. Yeah. I think. I think. That so right to me. I was like, well, there's some people in there. And I don't know, I was feeling particularly sadistic or creative, but I had one um, <laughs> lean out their open window, fall and break their neck. And die. <laughs> and die. Total innocent. That was early in the campaign, too. I, I don't like. know. I probably, I was probably, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I have a twisted imagination. I, I, I probably, I sometimes forget because I have fun, I think. A little bit with teasing you, Scott, when you cast your spells and they have unintended consequences, yeah. it's funny. Yeah. But I think maybe that was a little too hardcore when I think about it. I'm just like, yeah, you cast sleep and accidentally killed a person. It's like, yeah. You know, that's, that's and didn't really, I don't think anything slept that was meant to sleep in that either. It was a real no, I think the HP got used up before it got to the guzzle gang. Yeah, I don't remember yeah, all the details, the guy. but yeah. Audie Norman did drop picture of it so there's a picture <laughs> yeah it I was will, a moment and so down. this reminded yeah, me of that classic Nash moment even, yeah. even though i'd meant to do it it was this moment of like oh my gosh i can't believe i just gnashed him and plus he was going to be a longer harder fight and not anymore <laughs> see you later dude you're down in the pit also that spider thing the spider cage behind it all that all worked out for me so that i could talk to the spiders i rolled on animal handling or whatever they I had a conversation with them and I cannot tell you the details because I don't remember, but somehow we got to this point where they were like, yeah, we don't really want to eat you, but we want to eat some goblin meat tonight. Somehow. I don't know how it got there. So when that got done, I was in good graces with the spiders and about 10 of them just went running past me and up to the thing and started killing goblins for me. That's awesome. And that was just talking to them, right? Like I didn't fight a single spider, which was, that made me happy. But, but again, these are all examples of that thing, right? Where everything just, <laughs> he just check Discord if you want to share the picture with the 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 vod. Viewers. Oh, is that in here? Hold on. I got uh, it for you. Yeah, let me pull that up. Oh yeah, I saved a lot of. Fame. There is another heavy like, <laughs> you know, I sometimes I usually am the first person that's just like, look, there's so many people in the world, nothing's new, everybody's done things before, like, yeah, I, I don't know about this whole like people are pulling from our campaign, but. 
Yesterday, or not yesterday, but I recently interacted with an object in Baldur's Gate 3, and despite the fact that it, there is no reason you would do this, lick it was an option. And I was like, if that isn't a direct reference to Scott playing D&D, I don't know what is. Why on God's green earth would you allow lick it as an Wait, option? What, what was for this the lick thing? it option? It was on, it was right near the fight we were talking about, Bo. Just outside of that. Uh, I might not have seen that that yet. There is a carcass and you can lick it for no good reason. I don't want to, but that's very Nash like. That's a very Nash like thing. I think there's a Therapy Dungeons listener on their writing team. There is something. And I was like, immediately, like, there's been some pretty things like, the, the the I've seen demons that turn oily. I've seen you've got the heart, which feels directly out of the campaign, mm-hmm. like situations with demons and Will's stuff got, like Will's that. Will's got I'm one like, bad eye, like, or one hmm. red eye on Will. If you guys notice that, he's got like a normal eye yeah. and then a red eye. It's yeah. like you guys, I think I'm like up. I'm like okay, okay, okay. But for whatever reason, the thing that finally got me on board with this train <laughs> was when lick it was an option on something disgusting, and I was like, nope. They do. There's somebody who listened. So I mean, there's a bunch of slaver dwarves too. I know Scott hasn't gotten that far, but there's a whole yeah. Is there? Whole oh, really? Have yeah, I not? Still uh, act one. Okay, still act you one. You haven't yeah. gone down yet. I'm gonna tell no, you. No, you you're. Think your deep under dark thing you talked about last week. I haven't gotten that to there yet. Yeah, act one. I, I saw this on a I think a PC gamer article. Each act is about the size of an individual game. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you're nowhere near done. No, I'm sure. You I'm might not. even move on before you experience it all. And that's a perfectly valid way to play. Increases replayability. But um, there are slaver dwarves as well. There was something else that came up that reminded me of our campaign too. I just think probably someone was listening. Was like those are great ideas, but they're they're remixed in such a way that it doesn't feel lifted. But like if someone said, yeah, that you know, did the devil lady uh, Shad, Shad? What's her name? <laughs> Carlac? Carlac. Jeez, why do I want to call yeah. her Shadrach? Um, did she wreck town when you met her after your little yeah. fight there? Okay. That wasn't yeah. just me. Oh, yeah. She went nuts for a while. Yeah, yeah. She, gets, she got mad. She's like, I'm so hot. Yeah, she was all pissed. Oh, wrecking I, I bet I know what one of the references are. Mm. You know what powers the lights in Act 2? Yes, that's what it was. The lights. Yep. Oh, you guys are talking about uh, stuff I haven't seen. Act 2 stuff. Yeah, yeah. That was another. I was like, they're like, yeah, it can be this or it can. I'll tell no context. We'll just say what the creature type is, okay? That's fine. There There is a a plot element involving pixies or ground up pixies. Really? Yes. Yeah, ground (laughs) pixies. (laughs) Look at Scott. He's like, hold on now. Hold on. This is all a little too. I understand to maybe one or two things, and you're like, "Boy, that's a coincidence." I'm starting to get, I'm starting to get con- conspiracy. No, no, about someone this. is because I'm pretty confident in my invention of pixie blush being, you know, it's like magical cocaine where you take pixies and grind them up, and dry them, and grind them into powder and huff it. Yeah, that's pixie blush, and uh, I don't think that's almost a little too adult, what? probably for Watsy or even TSR to put in their books, but not too adult for Larian, and. um I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure there's a there will be dungeons listener. Can on, one of them on just the I just need to know. I don't even care that they did. I think I'd be honored. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy. Get, call right. me up when you're done with Divinity Original Sin 3. 
Let's make the Beyond the Dead Fingers or <laughs> Heroes of the Wastes or whatever. Right. Or Daryl B. Dungeons, whatever you want to call it. Like, let's go. Let's make Desert RPG. But even if they don't, even if all they do is acknowledge that they got a bunch of this stuff from there, yeah, that I'd would like be to know. great. If you're listening right now, if you're like, if you listen to TWD, you probably check out Core, especially because your game just came out. Like, just <laughs> I don't know, just send me like a. a a dick pic of Asterian's penis or something. That'll be the secret code. <laughs> Wait, don't send me dick yeah, pics. You don't I have to admit to that. anything. Just send, a, just send a picture of Asterian's penis and we'll know what it means. Yeah, by the way, the funny story on that. I was playing on my Steam Deck one night and I was in bed with it and uh, Kim was there. She goes, you're still loving that. I said, oh yeah, it's really good. And I go, oh, you haven't seen this, have you? And she goes, what? And I go, see these people? She goes, yeah. And I would turn around I went in there, fiddled around. She couldn't tell what I was doing. I took everybody's clothes off. And then I turned it back around to her and said, and we were all in camp. Look at this. She goes, those people are all naked. I was like, yeah. <laughs> they are. They're naked. And she's like, well, all right. That's a video game then. And that was the last of that conversation we had. But <laughs> You can make a nudist call. Of See, my wife came in and specifically requested it. She heard me talk about it on, uh, I think it was first talking to Kyle and Garrett on their show. And I, that was like I had played literally only enough to see Stanley's penis yeah. in character creation, and so I, that's what I talked about on the show because that was all I had done. Yeah. She heard me say that, and so that night when I loaded up the game, she came walking in and she goes, "I want to see Stanley's penis." <laughs> I was like, "Okay," so I'm like I'm, I'm like I think I can make that happen. I'm like taking off armor, and he's down to his little undies, yeah. and I was like wait a minute, why do I have to pick a penis type if all you see is undies? And then I saw, oh, no, there's undies equipped. Okay, t- drag them off. And she goes, huh. and then just walked away. And that was it. It was just like, I need to know. Yeah. All right, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've moving seen it. I'm moving on with my life. Exactly. That was a little bit like what it was like with Kim. Um, I also think their their patch notes have been amazing. They did a second hot fix. Their hot fix number two that came out uh, literally said, where is it here? Um. If I can find it, uh, let's see. Here it is. Second hot fix. Larian Studios' tongue-in-cheek humor was more substantial and improvements to the game. Uh, blah 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 blah. It says right off the bat, we are all relieved that penises C and D no longer clip through some Gith Yankee clothing. So if you made a Gith Yankee dude and you used penis C or D in the options, you're just hanging around and like talking, and your wiener's <laughs> out the whole time. <laughs> That's awesome. uh, just great. Have you seen uh, what happens when you kiss a normal heighted dude as a halfling? No. Or a gnome? Uh, no. You just walk up to the chest and kiss the breast because they don't. <laughs> the NPC doesn't lean down. So the woman's like, one, and the little halfling's like, kisses her breasts. This game, dude. Fix that. That's a little weird. That's so funny. You know what else is weird about this game is that it went for so long in early access, and I didn't hear any of this kind of talk around it. I heard it was, you know, I heard people were excited. It's going to be good. I uh, can't wait for it to be done, all that. But I just, and it sold a ton during early access. I just feel like I didn't hear any of this discussion. And I don't know why. Maybe it's because three and of us are. I, I think a lot of people just did what I knew I was excited for this game. I knew I wanted to play it. And as a result, I didn't. I didn't do early access. Yeah. Like I, want- I just, I knew. And I think a lot of people probably like jumped in like by all accounts, cause Bo played it. I mean, you can probably speak to this. Like by all accounts, the very early access was very early access. Like it was not 
finished. It was not complete. And yeah. like, I played, I played whole two hours. Yeah. Like, I played a whole two hours, John. And I said, like, I did most of that prologue when the Mind Flayer, Nautiloid. Mm. And I was like, oh, I know I'm really going to want to play this. I'm going to have the discipline to hold off to launch. Yeah. I think a lot of people did that. Yeah. I, I don't need to play it. And like, uh, I think we talked about Tally earlier, but, you know, she's a community member and mm-hmm. she dropped into my chat a couple of times just saying, like, I've played it act one so many times oh yeah she you was know, always you know, and i'm like yeah. oh yeah i didn't want to get burnt out i think i think there's enough content in this game that you like would not be burnt out on launch but mm-hmm. like there's a lot of games where if you play in early access you get burnt out by the time it comes out valheim That's, was a little bit like that. yeah i think overwatch was that way for us overwatch one we played so much of that beta yeah. that when it finally hit we were just like yeah. Ugh, i don't want to chase that yeah. theme so I, didn't, I didn't want that to be my destiny with bj3 and i'm happy because everyone it's been so exciting playing it yeah uh, in the community it's real good uh is you guys have either of you have anything else you want to say about it before we uh we move on um, are you going to hit the stats up a little bit and stuff like that because i think i'm good i've got tons more to say but we do have to move on with our lives at some point i mean there's some there's some interesting stuff for example uh like you said stats larian released a bunch of infographics and they're interesting um i'm going to pull them up now so we can see some of this so for example um 368 players have finished the game in its opening weekend that's a small at the time number. that this was. Oh well, no, I guess if it was opening weekend, that's universal. Yeah, it's sure. universal. So only that's not a lot of people, and that sounds like a bunch I, of hardcore freaks that are just you know. I feel bad for those people because they missed ninety percent of the game. If that's a, a speed runner, <laughs> dude, beat the game in ten minutes. He's also we'll talk about more about what he's doing next, but it's the same guy. Uh, but he beat the game in ten minutes. I haven't looked at the speed run. I will after my first playthrough because I kind of want to see what the frick he did. Obviously, yeah, I have a rough idea of how it would be done. Like I've Wouldn't played enough of the story to know the principle of it, but mm. like how it was specifically managed, I would have to go. You would just have to make a deal with the devil. Right? I don't know. I, I haven't watched it. I don't want to be spoiled, but we've all met Raphael in Act 1. Yeah, right? he's a... Yeah. Oh, another... So sorry. Like, I, don't, I, I don't that know one off, too. My assumption to is just not. like, yes, please change. Please, I, I'll sell my soul to have this problem solved, and then it's solved. He takes then, a lot longer to get to than 10 minutes, though, that guy. So I don't know. Well, you... my understanding, and this will be as, as spoiler-free as I can make it, is that in order to do this 10-minute run, you have to play as Gale. Oh, well, then I'll never do it. <laughs> oh, weird. Just eh? kidding. Mm. So he probably has some, he's probably got some weird, I don't know, one of his abilities. Well, you know, you know about his. If you know, you probably can guess. And if you don't know, you'll find You, you know why you're feeding him magic items, right? Yeah. Scott, you, yeah. You oh, yeah. Doctor, right? He's a nuclear bomb. It'll right. blow up the entire planet. So is that. So I don't, I'm not quite sure how you get to end credits with that. <laughs> they just blow up and they roll. Is blow up it? the planet. Credits roll. <laughs> No, that can't. That's got to be a game over screen. I'm pretty sure I've seen a game over screen with that. I've seen a game over screen. Yes, I think we got a game over the same way because Bo tweeted ominously, "Don't tell a god to go f themselves." That's a different one. (laughs) I I did. I mean, can I say? I want to say it. Guys, skip ahead like ten seconds. I'm going to say it. I think Scott will be okay with this spoiler. Fine. And you had the same thing, but blank. Uh, Lich Queen God Ascendant, not necessarily God, um, wished me out of existence. Yeah, I got wished out of existence yeah. too. I, I said, well, Can't you solve your own problems? You're God. And she said, <laughs> and, and yep. I said, Fight your own, I, I fight your own battles. She's like, You dare speak this way to me? 
I wish you cease to exist and your entire party dies, game over. Wow. Yep. Yep. I had it happen and, to me. And, and it's like you were like, Oh, that's that's cheap. I'm like, no, wish is a spell indeed. We have that ability, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. a yeah. thing. And uh that that's that seemed perfectly valid to me. I was like, Okay, I need to eat some humble pie here. <laughs> who who did that in our who famous was that? Christine, or, I um, did. John's I, cast I, John did. I, I yeah. used Wish a couple times. Once in a way, I really I don't like to think about. But. <laughs> yeah, but one time it was heroically awesome. I can't remember what happened though. What happened? Yeah, it was so awesome. <laughs> Didn't you wish a whole ship away or something happened like that? Or something happened where Squirts it wished a, a divine intervention. No, that was yeah, that was Kristen's. Oh, that's Kristen's divine intervention. That wasn't a wish. I was but, thinking, but, that and that was wasn't. She wished a whole sh- ship or something away that got you out of trouble. But your wild magic sparked a moon to appear. Yeah, <laughs> with giant mechas uh, fighting you guys. That yeah. was a real weird one. That was a super weird turn of events. But which um, this game no, feels wish, capable of doing, which is what a tactical wish. Yeah, wish can be used tactically in combat, which you used in the final fight. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. good effect. Right, but I don't know I, the one you regret. What's the one you regret? Yeah, what do you regret? What that happened? where I was creating infinite clones of myself. I thought we oh, would just do a quick oh. like. I in my head the request was a quick like. Are you going to let me do this and let's just call it quick cuz it'll do I got a little it'll do what it needs to do and then it turned into it just felt like I was taking over the show too much which I'm not well, comfortable with. It, it wasn't happened, you. So. I got lost in the sauce because wishes I think there's even something I missed but if, if as a DM it's my responsibility to find the unintended consequences of a right. wish spell. Right. And slap you in the face with it if not possible. <laughs> like, and if you successfully advocate an appropriate wish spell, then I'm beat. But you know, if there's like, if you're like, I want this magic item, it, you can potentially be teleported to the magic item. And let's say Lucifer has it. Well, now you're in hell. <laughs> you like, you got the item, but welcome to hell. I hope you enjoy your wish. Yeah, yeah. you enjoy know, so your like weekend. Wish is supposed to be like you're accepting some really savage consequences. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, yeah. Anyways, we got wished out of existence in the game, and it fe- it was I felt it, it felt terrible, and but awesome at the same time. I don't mm. know. I was I was stoked about it. Another fun little note here um, in some of these infographics. Uh, 93% of players rolled a custom character versus going with uh, origin characters. Uh, let's see. A player spent a combined 88 years in character creation. I feel like John's responsible for maybe eight to nine of those 88 years. I feel like I was really good in this game compared to how I normally I, am mm. because I came in with an idea of what I wanted to play. Yeah. And, you know, I know I know who Stanley is. I know what he looks like. Um. And I know enough about D&D to make a character quickly, but I did make three or four different characters. Yeah, yeah I, I made so eight or nine. I think I, think I, I, win. I think I got there eventually. Like, But for yeah. me, I think I did an impressively restrained job in this game, but I think I still contributed to it. So what's wild is the origin character selection. Um, I'm on the far end of this. Uh, number one is Gale with 27 thousand people uh, plus doing that then Carlac, then uh asterion and those two are almost tied Shadowheart after that will which is what i did uh second to last and lazelle lazelle is final last done out of there nobody played her 
That makes sense. Because she's a fighter. Because you want to have a relationship with her. Yeah, and it's not, well, I think it's because she's kind of a boring, she's she's a little boring. The fighters right. are not the sexiest You, you say that see. now, but you will regret your words and deeds. <laughs> well, maybe class her and... choices. Look at the class choices. Her and Gail can chill uh, in the camp together. Um, let's see. Um, oh, Gail was also the seventh cause of death for players. Um, <laughs> but you only have yourselves to blame, it says. Uh, let's see. Everyone getting used to friendly fire with fireballs. Paladin yeah, is look by at that. Most people do what you do, Scott, and they on their first episode uh, yep. kill their own party members. That's right. Yeah, why not, dude? His his uh, thunder wave is a thunder wave. Yeah, useful as hell. My gosh, that's great. And I didn't have to worry about it as much. Um, <laughs> it showed you the consequences <laughs> in front of you. You yeah. didn't have to think about it. Yeah, uh, Paladin. I'm that Paladin oh, go ahead. First. Go ahead. Sorry, Bo. What are you saying? Oh, sorry. I'm surprised at Paladin being first. Oh, yeah, yeah. Paladin's first surprised me as well. Sorcerer second, Warlock third. Um, you guys with your... Uh, let's see. Where, where is place. your bard? Oh, fifth, yeah. There it is. And yeah. that's about... That's you're a Warlock, though, in third, so you're the more populous. But still, we're all played popular characters. Uh, as uh, expected, Cleric was the least. <laughs> I was shocked by that. I'm I thought surprised. people like clerics. clerics. I think are really good. I agree. Like, they, yeah, but they are in fifth edition. <laughs> they are clerics. in this game. Like, I didn't want Shadowheart on my team, but when I had to bring her, I was like, "Oh, she's like, welcome to a fantasy game. Useful. Yeah. Do you want to play as a fighter or a magic wielder or the Pope? Like, no one wants <laughs> to be the Pope. Come on, man. The poor Gith Yankees, very last on race choice. Man, nobody wanted to be Lizard Lady. Yeah, and halflings, which I'm surprised more people wanted to be gnomes than halflings. Yeah. Because gnomes are... Halflings are cool, like Bilbo Baggins. I didn't watch it, but I got a YouTube video recommended to me that the title of it is just Four Halfling Barbarians. And it's just a picture from the game... And it's just they're all wearing just underwear with big axes and they're <laughs> halflings. And clearly someone is just doing a playthrough either with their friends or by themselves as just four barbarian halflings just jumping and stomping their way through the game. I think that's amazing. Well, these these stats are up there on their on their Twitter page or whatever the hell that site's called these days uh, and a million other places. So you guys should go check it all out. The uh, The big number, though, is players have played for at least 10 million hours when this was pu- published it's now more than that but that's is that 10 billion or million no that's million 1225 years of time when this was published and that yeah. was like after the weekend that was like on a monday yeah it's now one of the most played games on steam of all time most concurrence i think it's like i think it is number know, it's like third or fourth place like yeah. it's only the valve games it hasn't beaten and PUBG. yeah i think that's right it's freaking yeah. PUBG just hanging on up there I mean, not well, player not now, hanging but. on. That thing was a, that thing was probably the fattiest fad in all of gaming, <laughs> honestly. Right when it came out, like yeah, no, it started a whole genre, but and obviously yeah. today it pales. But but at, during that time, that was crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, well, there you have it. Uh, the only other thing we would say is uh, this is a bit of an um, an important note, I suppose. PC Gamer gave the game a ninety-seven. They have not given a score that good in sixteen years. Uh, the previous winner of that level of 97 was Crisis 16 years ago. Whew. Crisis. Crazy. Weren't we just talking about Crisis a couple of weeks ago? How cool we thought yeah, Crisis was. Yeah, Bo loves Crisis. Yeah, Crisis I is cool. And yes, I love that game. Like it's there's, there's something magical about that one in particular. I think 
funny enough, it's the open sandbox of that game versus anything that came after it. Like just yeah, here's jungle. There's no map markers. Figure it out. So, I think I think there's some kind of map about way that presented. I like presented. that game a lot. All right. Well, we will now move on to a couple of other games. Uh, not much, but a little bit. I played the best chore core. Wait, do I have a thing for that? Work harder. A chore core game, which I know I get a lot of these, but the perfect second screen one of all the chore core games I've played. This is the most second screen friendly core uh, chore core game I've played in a long time. I had to watch a movie for a whole other other thing, and. Uh, I didn't. I knew the movie really well, so I knew I could probably have this going while I watched it. Uh-huh. And it's called. So I'll just tell you. It's so ship. when pe- when people listen to film sack next week, it's not that. And show. they're like, <laughs> I get the impression that Scott didn't really pay attention to this movie. This it, is the game that they should. No, I should. I should make it clear that that is not a uh, the, the one. Um, okay. But I could have there too because I actually kind of know that movie as well. But anyway, it is. Uh, it's ship. Sorry, Ship Graveyard Simulator 2. Uh, this is a sequel to one, obviously. And um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I had to tell you that. I think you probably all could have Put sussed that out. Put it on the out. back of the box, yeah. man. <laughs> uh, but it is exactly what you think it is. You you commission a big, giant, derelict uh, ship that's no longer being used out in the ocean. This isn't a spaceship thing. Um, and they park it out in this big hunk of land that, that you work on and you go out there and you tear these things apart with hammers and different tools, uh, blow torches, uh, what else? Uh, freaking, um, saw like hand saws and all this kind of thing. And you're trying to salvage as much of the steel and metal and plastic and, and, uh, stuff that got left in there as you can. And you have contracts and you do those contracts and you get big money for that. And then when you're done with that, you go upgrade your equipment. It's, it's what you think it is when it comes to one of these first person, chore core games um it does have this interesting mini game that when you when you're out there working on the ship you're constantly throwing the stuff that you salvage into a truck that's yours and when you're done you take that truck to the recycling area and then there's a recycling (laughs) mini game where plastic goes in the blue tubs metal goes in the red tubs and you don't do it manually it's like a conveyor belt and you have to like flip the belt to match the right tub it's kind of a weird, it's a weird little side thing that I actually quite enjoy. But um, anyway, there's that. Um, and uh, in fact, in the video here, you see where he throws stuff in the truck. You can be anywhere working on shit and throw a full box of stuff across <laughs> the place. Amazing. It's pretty great. And that's and this is a point I want to make about chore core that I love the most. The ones that are willing to accept where gamification is the most fun are the ones I like the most. What I mean by that is you could go crazy and really simulate this and say, well, you just pulled a 50-pound panel of metal off this thing. You better take you and four other huge guys and walk it over to a truck and take half the day doing that. Or you can just pick this shit up and toss it across the yard. <laughs> and throw it across the universe. Yeah, and it's more gamey, but I like it. Um, it, it for those out there who ended up getting Shipbreaker, uh, on my recommendation or otherwise, the the outer space one, this is going to scratch that itch. It's a very similar itch of tear shit apart, uh, have goals in doing so, but start with a big derelict ship and work your way till there's nothing left and you make a bunch of money on it and then you go get another ship and do it again and the ships get more complicated and you make more money and you get better tools and all this sort of stuff. That's the progression on it. Um, the nice thing about this one, though, is there really is no story 
So you don't have to focus on anything, but just kind of mechanically getting the shit done. And I find this sort of stuff cathartic and chill, um, which is partly why I like the whole genre in general. And this, and I think this one is doing it right. The first game was was uh, got a little heat for trying to do too much or be too simmy. I think they learned their lessons here. This feels a lot, a uh, lot tighter, a lot um, just more fun doing what you're doing. And uh, boy, there's something about when you you pound out a bunch of rivets at the top of a ship, and then you have to knock one of them loose to actually get everything to break, and the whole ship level just collapses with you on it. And it won't hurt you for whatever reason. You don't get hurt by this stuff, um, which is fine with me. I don't want to have to deal with it. But it's just really satisfying. A lot of physics going on. Uh, this is clearly made by people who who you know, didn't want to make something janky. It actually runs really well and plays really well. There's a day-night cycle. You have a flashlight if you need it. You don't have to go to bed. You can just stay out there and work all night until the sun comes up, whatever you want to do. Uh, save anywhere kind of game. It's awesome. Uh, I love it. So highly recommend this one, even though I've only had, I think, I, how long was that movie? Two, two and a half hours I had with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Totally based on the movie. Yeah, it kind of is, but uh, it's great. It's really, really fun. Ship Graveyard 2, or Simulator 2, it just came out, I want to say, yesterday? Or something like that. I got a code a little early, but I think it was yesterday. I also played the Broforce Forever update. Uh, if you've played Broforce from 2015, then you know what this game is. And you so know is, it, is that an update or is it a new title? It's an update. So they basically, the story is, according to their post in their... Um, on Steam, they have like a whole developer post in there. They said this, they had gone from, from then till now, they had gone through a whole bunch of plans. One of them was to make a spinoff game that was more of a roguelike and then they were going to do a full sequel and then they were going to do all these things and they all ended up just like not quite working. They were like, I don't like how, where this is headed or this isn't any better than what we've already done or, or whatever. So what they did is they took all of those ideas and all the work they had done, compiled it into a a, a proper update and put it into this, into the game that you already own, uh, added a whole bunch of new campaign content, um, biomes. There's a whole like desert zone. John, I love that. Yeah. Um, they added a bunch of new bros. So you got, uh, Braun wick, I think is John wick. Um, so Braun they've updated that to no. be new stuff. Uh, bro, uh, who's Xena warrior princess of these Brina Bronia warrior princess something like that so they've had a couple of girls they got uh buffy the vampire slayer she's called brony or brophy rather sorry they just like updated it just because yeah they just did and it's already an incredible game one of my favorite uh indies games maybe ever it's still so much fun and um oh they got desperabro yep desperabro He's in there. I'm looking at the update now. Uh, Bert Bromer? Bromer? Bromer is Bert. I think it's supposed to be Bert. Um, oh, my gosh. I can't think of his name. It's, uh, Bert Bromer? Bert. Who's the actor? Bert. I don't know. He was the... Uh, Look at that one reference. Shit. Brophy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of who Bert Bromer is. But anyway. It's it's stuff like that. Um, I want to say there's nine or something more of those. I can't. I didn't name them all. Um, the and they say on the thing it says, "What do we recommend? We recommend you just start a new campaign and play all the new shit as you go, and you're gonna love it." And so it's really just like this really nice gift from them to people. And I think if you've never owned the game, it's absolutely worth picking up anyway. But 
Um, I love Broforce, so I was yeah. very excited about this, and I I don't know that I've even played a better Steam Deck game than this game. It's like built for that. It's two player co op, right? Yeah. Or is it more I than two player? I think it's up to four. Four. Yeah. yeah, man, there's so many. I know you're going to talk about this game. I'm not trying to steal your thunder, but there's so many multiplayer games. I wish we just had time to yeah, play. We could play these. This would be a great one. We probably wouldn't have to. Bro commit Force is time great, to. and so uh, is the next game you're going to talk about. I didn't realize is that that must be new to that yeah, game. Brand new, but it has co-op. I'm not going to steal your thunder, but yeah, I not even like, just co-op. Man, I wanna, you're going to love what I say about this new thing because oh man, it's so good. Uh, well, anyway, I installed it. I might give it a whirl just for fun. Bro Force out there now and uh, already was awesome. Now it's even better. Uh, highly recommend it. Okay. This is the, here's the craziest thing. Um, can I, I want to find the right, I don't have a good video for this. It's too new. Oh no, here's remastered. Here we go. So Quake 2 remastered came out on Game Pass and also you can buy it. Uh, Game Pass, it was a surprise on Game Pass. I didn't know it was coming there. But basically, um, the same guys that made the Quake 1 remaster uh, did this, and it is awesome. This is one of the best remasters of the year, and not because of fidelity. There are ray tracing and long shadows and all this cool stuff the game didn't do in the beginning. Um, That's definitely there, so you're getting a lot of technical improvements. But what they really did was made this feel like a proper shooter in today's time. it just feels so tight and good. And I loved Quake 2 back in the day. Both, I mean, you could argue Quake 2's campaign is the best Quake campaign. The multiplayer is great, but it's not, you know, I don't know. Quake 3, probably still better multiplayer. I don't know. But uh, 2 just has a special slot, uh, slot in my heart. But they also made other games, right? There was a bunch of expansions to the original game. And there was an N64 game. I forgot the full title of this. I had it in front of me and I lost it. I think it's Quake 264. Is that all it is? That's what I saw in the trailer when I watched it earlier. That might be. Um, that is an unsung, unappreciated, everyone forgot about how great it was game that is not even the same game. It's a whole other Quake game that's in a, a similar engine, but uh, they've remastered that and put that in here as well. And that is really fun. Um, and as you mentioned, they added co-op. They put a ton of multiplayer back into it. I played some multiplayer matches, got my ass handed to me, um, like I used to in, the, in those days as well. But this is a legit remake, um, and the reviews seem to reflect it as well. It's, since it's on Game Pass, kind of a no-brainer. Uh, had a blast playing through the first, I don't know, six levels of, uh, of Quake 2, and um, love it. Love it, love it, love it. Can't say enough about it. Just It's, a, it's both a throwback and a... You know how everybody's trying to make one of these now. Everyone's trying to make like a a new uh, a new take on an on the '90s shooter. Boomer shooter. shooters. Yeah, you don't like that name. But yeah, I yeah. don't either. But this is the quintessential boomer shooter right here. I yeah, think. for sure. Um, and it's just really excellent. I hope this puts a fire under Epic to do something similar with like Unreal or Unreal Tournament. Um, I think these games deserve to be played by new people on on you know new systems and computers and. And this is just really beautifully done. I mean, when you play it, you're not going to go, whoa, this is the next generation of, you know, it's not that. It's just a loving recreation of what was already great and all the right improvements. Um, so I'm very, very, very happy with it. Uh, that's Quake 2 currently on Game Pass and everywhere else you can get it. Uh, okay. That's it for yeah, me. Yeah, they've, re- they've replaced like the Quake 2. I'm on the Steam page just mm-hmm. to confirm for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's... 
it's like they've replaced Quake 2 on there. Like you, you buy Quake 2, you get the remaster. Yeah, they just give it to you. And that's the other thing is you don't have to pay for it again. You own it already if you do that. If you're buying it on console or something else, you'll you'll pay for it, but it's not a lot of money. And the Game Pass version is just awesome. I played it on PC and the console just to kind of A see. lot of reviews right now because it's of the moment are throwing shade at Rockstar. Oh, Oh, this Rock- is our remaster. Where, you know, oh yeah, people are mad because of that nothing. Red Dead remake or Red yeah. Dead re-release. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't blame them for being bummed about that. I I kind of tempted to play the PS5 PS4 version because it's 64K, or 60 sorry 60 frames per second 4K, and it might might I don't know. I'm kind of curious, but I don't know if I'm gonna mess with it. But Quake Two never looked so good, man. Widescreen, fast as hell. Just a beautiful shooter. Love it. It's the first game I ever had a voodoo for. I bought a voodoo card for this game. <laughs> yeah, voodoo card. Yep. I remember it blowing my mind. I was like, this is what video games can look like on PCs. I am spending $200 on a voodoo card when I don't have the money. And I did it. And this is what I played for days and days and days and days. And also, oh, the capture the flag mode in this, was it was always good. But I forgot just how good. It's sublime. It's the ultimate capture the flag mode in shooters as far as i'm concerned and is worth it on that alone so anyway go check it out i don't know if it's moddable i don't know if people are going to have any fun that way um haven't looked into it but it would be really cool if people could make their own maps and you know that part of that era is so I think much it's moddable. Fun. yeah that's probably it's from the watt era I'm yeah sure. i would assume I so i think says so, yeah probably yeah and i would think they'd want that but anyway this might be my favorite thing that bethesda slash id slash I guess Microsoft now has done are these amazing remasters. This one's really good. All right. Uh, John, let's get a frog wrestling update, shall we? Yeah, let's talk a little of this. Uh, frog dun, 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 wrestling. Dun. Look at that thing. Oh, oh my gosh. I got to yeah. first start out with a big shout out to uh, Taz, yep. who uh, has done the logo work for frog wrestling, who sent me as a birthday present this fine frog wrestling championship belt it's really hard that. to show on here it's so but, uh, cool gosh dang oh it's it. awesome it's yeah. so good yeah. it's so good have he sent tried, me this for my birthday have you tried wearing it collection of yourselves have you tried? it has a little other things on it yeah what are those yeah, little yeah, side so panels it's got little little let's see if we can get them here oh but, i see this is the frog hand there's the little logo yeah it can you have you tried to wear it yeah, it fits. Okay. I can wear it. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> it's super cool. Uh, I oh, I love man. it. So I just got to give another shout out to Taz. Who Oh, who is in the chat? Uh, happy happy birthday was what is what he's saying. But I mean, thanks to you. Yeah. Uh, so I just can't got, hear. I just got born. That's not impressive. <laughs> uh, this is this is impressive. How cool is that? Um, is that the coolest thing you could ever ask for for your birthday? It, 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 this is so freaking cool. Yeah, it's I, badass. I wish I had filmed my reaction to getting it. But, you know, like. You know, you get a package and, you know, it's from a listener and you're like, OK, that's that's cool. I in a million I years, me. I never would have expected this. And I was just like, ah, <laughs> I freaked out like it was amazing. Um, I, I wish we so, had some good like, I don't know, theme music for frog wrestling. That's the perfect time to have it today. And I don't have anything good. So that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Sorry. About so that. I got this. I got to figure out how I'm going to display it and show it. But uh, this is very 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 cool. So a huge shout out to Taz for uh, this. This is this is just awesome. 
Um, but yeah, we, uh, I'm not going to necessarily talk too much about this week cause it's, you know, uh, frog wrestling. You talk about it every week, but continuing down that road, giving the new wrestlers, cause we've introduced a lot of new people, um, over the past couple weeks, a chance to, uh, shine and a chance to have matches. And so we were focusing, trying to focus more on the newer wrestlers this week. Although we did give Bo a title match against Kyle uh, for the Dragon DM Beef fight. Championship. Yep, big DM fight. And unfortunately, Bo just did not quite get it done. It was a Ugh. hell of a fight. Mm. Uh, but he did not He did not win. Um, Kyle's so, OP. I didn't want to go against him. Kyle's very strong. Like It's going to be hard for uh, Kyle to be beat. Uh, the, yeah, everybody does want to talk about the Mod Syndicate fight. We did have Core versus... You know, new core Bo is not a part of core. Yeah, not anymore. part of core in this world. <laughs> um, but uh, we did have a core versus mod syndicate fight, which right now mod syndicate is uh, Ben, uh, Tom Merritt, uh, and Tanner Goodman. And they, uh, it's the first time I've ever had to call a match. Uh, they would not go for a victory. They just wanted to beat up Scott. Uh, <laughs> Scott was the last one left. And they were just beating him up so badly that uh, we had to call the match. We had to call it early. And uh, safety first, John. Safety first. You know. Yeah. They. 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 All they had to do was put him through a table. Scott wasn't moving anymore. Yeah. And uh, they just kept hitting him with chairs and throwing him around and doing big moves to him. And uh, we had to call. We had to call the match. And I don't know if Scott's going to be in any condition to wrestle anytime soon after a beating like that. Damn. So. All right. How are my shorts though? Holding up? They're jor- my jor- shorts. Shorts still still in control. There are people like you have been the most hated bad guy in the company for a long time, mm. but you got beat up so bad you actually garnered a little sympathy this week, Scott. People actually. Feeling a little bad for you. Yeah, so. We're swinging, swinging some PR the other direction. I like it. <laughs> yeah, but things might be turning around for you. Wow. You might be, uh, you might be a good guy in the making. Time for a comeback. Nice. Nice. Uh, oh, yep. That, uh, there's the taint no thing. Yep. Uh, on on Kyle. Yeah, well, at least Kyle smelt my taint. I mean, oh, if you go creation. back just a little bit, you should really try to find the lake run. We should really show people the lake run. Poor Kyle, victim of the lake run. Is it right before match. the uh, the taint it deal? It shouldn't be too far before it, but yeah. Let's see. Okay, this is where he gets up. Nope, that's just a pin. Uh, I think he did. I think he did the lake run a little bit before the uh, the taint no thing. So it would have been earlier in the match. Let's see. But Kyle's rock. I think him. my favorite detail about Bo. Uh, this was a real like. I don't. I, nobody has commented on it, but yeah. it's a subtle detail. So the idea is that he keeps the hand that he does the taint wipe with bandage to <laughs> absorb you know, smells and flavor and whatnot. Yeah, uh, but my, my favorite detail is I have intentionally miscolored. Like there's a stain yeah. that I have stuck on it, a semi-transparent like brown stain yeah. on the gloves right around that spot. Perfect. And it doesn't stand out. You have to really look for it, but it's there. And I'm so happy it's there. That's great. If you just had a towel when he came in around his neck that had like blue fuzz on it or something, that would be the ultimate. <laughs> <laughs> it's a reference not everyone will get um 
No. All right. I can't find the lake run for some reason. I keep coming back. And ah, that's oh, there it is. I think I found it. Okay. So this is where I <laughs> watch you guys. Wham, wham. And then. That's the lake run. He slaps his butt. He turns it and he just <laughs> <laughs> he just grinds his butt up in Kyle's face. That's the lake run. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> So good. Uh, All right. Frog Wrestling continues to be awesome. Uh, Check it out on Wednesdays and also Craftless Rogue on YouTube and on Twitch. Uh, Bo, you played Warcraft Rumble. I did. I am part (laughs) of the Commonwealth where mobile games get beta tested before the Americans get to play. Mm Mm-hmm. And Before we um, downvote everything, we send it to the polite Canadians. Yeah, that's right. It's funny, it's funny to play Warcraft Rumble during a time where Overwatch 2 is getting downvoted because, you know, it's for people have don't really, you know, a lot of people are very vocal about their disdain for the mobile offerings of Blizzard. And, um, um, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's one of the video games of all time. <laughs> nailed it man wow wow okay but i mean is it is it just it's it's cool like it's cool in that you know it's a blizzard quality mobile game the minis look neat is it clash royale for blizzard though i mean is that so my issue is i never played any of those games so i have nothing to compare it to unfortunately i'm not a professional mobile sorry guys like my my opinion here is not going to be super informative um my but it's like basically you have two lanes you pick a unit of random units and then you send them down the lane is that clash of clans kind of yeah and then there's cooldowns on those units and then when they come yeah, up again you got to get can... gold you send kobolds to mine gold there's uh melee ranged and flying and there's a rock paper scissors to what counters what right that sounds um, like it so, so far I'm sure it's probably some, you know, Blizzard's take on a genre. I mean, people said that positively about Overwatch on release that, you know, it's Team Fortress 2, but Blizzard style. Like, actually, it's pretty cool. But I think what I'm not enjoying about the game is um, when you play a match, even against AI, there's a timer. You got to beat the guys before the timer runs out. I'm like, who cares if it takes me 20 minutes to beat the boss? Hmm. I'm like, oh, they want—they don't want me to win because they give up f- less free space points. Now that you say that, I don't think Clash Royale had a time limit. So no, that's a time limit. I yeah. have five minutes to beat the boss or else it's a draw. And I'm like, the AI isn't a player. So oh. I lose. It's not a draw. I lose. I don't yeah. get, I'm not getting stuff. Yeah. The AI, who gives a shit what the AI gets? It's just imaginary. I don't love um, that. This doesn't sound Yeah. Fun. So take the timer out, first of all, on your casual game. That sucks. And then the other thing that um, sucks is obviously it's got 100,000 menus and mobile bullshit. It's like, actually, if this game didn't have all that freemium mobile bullshit, if it was like, pay $5, play this sweet Warcraft strategy game, I would actually have a very easy time recommending it. It seems like it's pretty basic, but I can see where the strategy gets better, bigger. The maps get bigger. You can There's little toggles where you can change the lanes where things go 
Mm-hmm. Um, has PvP, which actually was I played one PvP match and it was actually kind of fun and I, I won. Nice. Um, Got to brag about winning, of course. Sure. And um, you know, there's uh, summoning stones. Like there's mechanics. It's it's a Blizzard game. Like it actually feels like, yeah, you know, uh, I want something fun and dinky on my phone. Like this is, and I hate to call it dinky, but you know, it's got a, it's got a. Um, cartoony art style and everything's not serious even though it's warcraft that irony is part of the aesthetic so it's you know but unfortunately you have to level up things things take lots of time to level and they offer you tons of ways to buy boosts and all that all the stuff i would just say probably just avoid you're not missing anything here um and honestly like i i do kind of like it but I, i it's not like how i felt playing snap or even mighty doom yeah, it's a pretty big lukewarm for me. But you guys are, you guys are probably going to install and try it. Maybe not, John. I'll probably try it. No, I won't try. I'll it, try it and see what it's like. But I'm not going to. I'm not probably going to. St- the timer thing really. You just really put me off it with that timer. I feel thing. like I, there's a, there's a world where I could really praise this game a lot, and it's one without all the, you know, the manipulative um, slot machine. Yeah, mechanics. it's like if uh, Blizzard was still like Larian and had no. Uh, corporate overlords, you could see them making something that was maybe a little less aggressive yeah. that way. Because uh, I, I, you know, I do kind of I dig it a little bit. Like I don't mind a simple game on the phone while you're on the toilet or 30 minutes before bed or something. But I know I'm going to get to a point where I'm going to hit the ding desert, and they're going to be there saying, you know, just one click, you can buy 50 gems. Yep. And for those that heard us say Warcraft Rumble, we meant Warcraft Arclight Rumble. No, they changed it. It's just War. War- Is it just Warcraft Rumble now? Yeah, ArcLight's gone. <gasps> That's too crazy. What What are the mom and pops going to think? Do they know what an ArcLight is? Come on now. I guess you I know can. who they're marketing this to. They're not marketing to like nerds. They They want suckers to play it, basically. Yeah, and I guess why would you have ArcLight there? I actually, kind of like ArcLight Rumble. I actually like the name of it. <laughs> it's like yeah. Warcraft Rumble now sounds like just Call of Duty shooting or something. Like okay, a little bit. I mean, the Warcraft name carries some hoots, but I suppose, but no, for sure. But I mean, ArcLight Rumble also has the um, war as the tagline, yeah. like uh, the, as the um, what is it initials. Uh, acronym acronym is that what you mean yeah. oh yeah, war. yeah yeah so now it's just were oh i'm like it's like i don't know i, I it was a, yeah I, I don't know why you, re- you removed that that seems silly to me yeah but, well there you go a preview of what's to come <laughs> in the hot new title it's fine but i won't recommend it but you know we'll still play it I didn't know they changed the name. Was this new with the latest beta or something that that all happened? I only beta? found out about that like a week ago or something. Uh-huh. Or, there was rumors it was coming to beta because I think some people in Philippines were getting to play. And I was like, oh, let me check if it's Canada. And I was like, no, nope, not Canada. But then if yesterday someone's like, Warcraft Rumble is available on the store. And I checked and downloaded it and gave it a, gave it's it a whirl. It's going to be one of these games that is excellent mechanics great flow great timing and balance all the things blizzard's known for and then just covered in the shit we're worried about yeah and then you're going to hit a wall where your units aren't leveled up enough and you need to level them up so you either need to repeat the content a thousand times over or you're going to pay it's basically what mercenaries is in hearthstone and mercenaries was fun until it turned into garbage yeah that's probably what's happening here too being desert 
Uh, all right. Feel well, bad, man. Probably a lot of people worked hard on it. It's a good looking product. Yeah, but, it looks um, like it's. Um, it's nothing. No one's going to sing praises for this product. I'm very sorry, people who worked on it. Yeah. Hope you find jobs at better places or on better projects within the same company. Yeah. Maybe Microsoft will have better ideas. Maybe they won't. I don't know. That deal, you know what? That's next, or no. Is it next week? Next week's the final contract signing. It's over after that. Microsoft owns them all. We'll see. Oh, how. oh we're, we're hitting the, we're hitting the, the hump here. The yeah. Line, the yeah. Line. This is it pretty quick here. I don't know what the EU solution was. I think splitting companies or something has to happen over there. We're, we're not I holding our breath is just how they're dealing with Activision. Right. If it's a direct blizzard to Microsoft reporting structure, I'm going to have some hope. I am too. The, yeah. If they're just like Activision reports to Microsoft, then the same people are same people who, uh, don't who suck are still going to be meddling and and yeah it needs to signal the exit of codec and people like him if it doesn't then i don't i'm not going to have a lot of hope about it and all all the all the people who apparently i don't know i'm not gonna gonna say bad things oh you're you're a good nice guy that never says bad things no but the weirdo executives that were part of like the white house during the search for wmds in iraq that work on there get those guys out too. oh yeah those guys should leave they don't need to be there (laughs) no way it is weird it's like (laughs) hey you know what we need here at our video game place company we need some ex uh uh, political uh, slash government people yeah what why it's not the wrong that's a wrong experience don't have them in there all right uh let's take a break when we come back from this break dear martha oh yeah that's right that's coming up uh some other quick stuff uh we got a voicemail today and some other fun things so don't go too far everybody go pee go eat do whatever you got to do we'll be back shortly we'll see you in a sec oh you guys how busy are you right now your end of summer business you know trying to get all the stuff taken care of maybe school starting for the kids soon just trying to wrap it all up i get it Maybe you're too busy with your end-of-summer goals to cook, but you want to make sure you're still eating well. Well, with Factor, you skip the extra trip to the grocery store, and you're, you know, you're right in there. Skip the chopping, skip the prepping, the cleaning up, too, all that stuff. You're still getting that flavor and that nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy and then get back to crushing those goals. Why do they do this? Why do we do this? It's August. So many of us are focused on the fall. I mean, time already moves too fast. (laughs) It's already coming so fast. I don't know why we do this. But with the busy fall season just around the corner, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor is rather America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. They can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, you'll eat well, and you'll stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. This August, get Factor and enjoy eating really well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh flavor-packed meals delivered straight to your door. Ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash core50 and use the code core50 to get 50% off. And look, if you're looking for calorie-conscious options ahead of the busy holiday season... Try delicious dietitian approved calorie smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. That seems like a really good idea. Head to factormeals.com slash core50 and use code core50 
to get 50% off. That's a really good deal. That's code CORE50 at Factormeals.com slash CORE50 to get 50% off today. All right, we're back, everybody. Thank you for uh, hanging in there for us. We're going to jump straight into a Dear Martha. Now, John, it says something about Baldur's Gate 3 reviews here to explain how today's going to work. How do you want to do Yeah, it? so we're going to do something a little different today um, and probably not going to do it frequent because usually when we get to this part of the show, we're wrapping things up rapidly. Yeah. But uh, I, when I was looking for Dear Martha reviews, I found a review that was a uh, negative review for Baldur's Gate 3. And like a lot of people, when you really like a video game and you see someone going, nope, not recommended, you kind of roll your eyes and go, eh, whatever. Uh, but I read the review and I actually thought it was a pretty decent point. I don't know if I would give the game an overall negative for this, but I think it's worth discussion. So I wanted to read the review in the style of Dear Martha and then just maybe have a chat with you guys about your thoughts on this. All right. Uh, because I, I found it interesting. All right, here we go. My dearest Martha, game is great in general, but there's one thing that annoys me every time I face it, and it annoys me so much that I honestly can't play this game anymore. I'm talking about skill checks in cutscenes slash dialogues. <laughs> As it currently works, only the character who started a cutscene can do any skill checks in it. Imagine you are playing a strength-based character like a fighter or a barbarian. Naturally, you will want to have your character active most of the time. After all, it is you in the game. And say you face some kind of magical anomaly or whatever, and you need to roll an arcane skill to understand what it is. Well, you will most likely fail in your strength character, despite the fact that you have a wizard in your party literally standing beside you who knows a lot about arcane and proficient in arcane. Why wouldn't he chime in and roll for that arcane check and explain it to you? This is so immersion-breaking and happens in almost every cutscene where there are any skill checks. I know I can load earlier save and start a cutscene with the character who have needed skill, but this leads to a vicious cycle of saving before every click and loading after every cutscene because I don't know what skills will be checked in a cutscene. Very annoying. Literally all other classic RPG games have a system where the character with the highest skill will do the role check for that skill, or you can pick who will do the role. After all, you are a party of adventurers who solve things together, not one character who started the cutscene and everybody else as a decoration behind. TLDR, locking skill checks to only active character is bad, should check skills against the whole party. Yours in this life and the next. I'd rather. Okay. I'm going to say I. it's not a game breaker the way this guy's finding it, but I agree. And I've yeah. done the save scum thing where I'm like, shit, he would have won that role because he's got all kinds of bonuses to Arcane or whatever, and I'll switch back to another character. I wish the game would let me, in the middle of all this, there's even a menu up to... Ch to change to another Which character character but if yeah, you, but you do can't it break into the cut yeah you yeah. can't break into the conversation they're just sort of out walking around so it's positional or whatever i guess there's reasons for it but i i agree with this guy 
I think this person is 100% correct. And I thought I'd bring it up. Um, I'm curious to hear what Bo says, but I will say this. Uh, part of the reason why I brought it up is this review has gotten a lot of dialogue going on underneath it of people saying, that's not how D&D works. Sometimes you're not going to be perfect for every situation. You just have to take the role as it is. But... In my eyes, not being able to confer with your party is actually not very D&D. If we are all playing There Will Be Dungeons and Bo presents us a magical problem that needs solving, the player who's going to be best suited for that is the one who steps up to do it. Likewise, you know, if we get to a strength issue, we know to step back and let Kyle step forward and have Varel try and solve that problem. That's that's how D&D works. D&D does not work with, well, you're the one who looked at it, and even though you got a bunch of friends who could help you with it standing around, uh, you have to do it. Yeah. So I, I actually agree with this guy, too. And I think if there was a feature that I could request in the game, we've talked about this multiple weeks now, I've, I've changed my answer. I actually think this guy's criticism is valid, but again, not to give the entire game a bad review. Yeah. But um, I, I think this is maybe my number one feature that I would want is some way to switch who is engaging with the thing so I can benefit from their skills and actually feel like an active party when and where applicable. And uh, the number two is the spell prestidigitation. <laughs> yeah, there's, that one's always in that list. Yeah. So I, before you answer, Bo, I, uh, funny thing about this game is my initial assumption was that it was going to do that for me through everything. So if I was going to be having to do a strength roll, even though I was presenting as this warlock, that it would account for a, a better strength from somebody else in my party since it wasn't like overtly saying, who do you want to do? this i just thought it would do that and when it didn't do that and i realized that that was the case i kind of found that to be a real bummer for a bit um i got over it and again it's not a game breaker at all but it would be nice bo i'd love to hear your take is this is this just a dm thing and you were always just really nice to let kyle do the strength rolls and stuff like that or what well i don't i don't think i ever so this person's both right and wrong i think they painted the situation a little bit with a broad brush but there have been it depends on the situation if you're a party of people approaching somebody and you're your character best suited to do a persuasion check obviously it makes sense to have that person chime in even without consulting the party to say like yeah but have you considered this hmm. and you know okay persuasion role like that organically kind of happens at the table without having to you know do that and i think that is an issue in the game where if you, if you initiate dialogue and you have the option to leave, you can always leave and pick the, per you can see the role and then leave, pick the person with the best roles and come back little tedious. So understandably that'd be more streamlined to dynamically switch the party member in the dialogue. So I agree with the review, but there, um, there are also some awkward moments when you finish a combat and a cutscene starts and it picks whoever's nearest to some arbitrary point. So it isn't your main character. It's like Shadowheart, and then they get a roll, and there's no way you can leave. It's a red check, like in this goes Elysium. Sometimes it depends on the circumstance. Sometimes it's like, yeah, let's get my best guy on that. Particularly with like dialogue, anyone can speak up at any time. So I think dialogue choices, uh, spell casts like detect thoughts for someone else to come in 
maybe makes sense to get party members in there. Mm. However, there's like, there are some roles uh, that would, you know, let's say you were in a conversation and the person wanted to hear from that one and someone else is like, well, no, I, I got a story. He's like, no, I want to a- ask that person. Then no, then that person has to make the skill check. Mm. Right. So, so I can conceive of like both being true. There are circumstances where you're the one that's got to make the role. Like in combat, if you get a spell cast on you, you can't pick your best saving throw in your party. It's whoever's the target's got to roll to save. True, yeah. Yeah. I think for skill checks, the same logic at the table applies. It depends as if, you know, somebody that you're interacting with might not have a problem if someone else speaks up. But Gith Yankee, for example, they don't want to hear shit from the other non-Gith Yankee. They're pretty racist, right? So they 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 definitely respect the word of other Gith Yankee more. So, um, you know, just because your best persuasion role might be another party member, you still might want to have Lizelle, for example, do that particular dialogue. In fact, there's even dialogue choices where you can step in and talk, or you can let the Gith Yankee deal with the other Gith Yankee. So. It depends, but I think the, that's why I wouldn't say the game's terrible because of it. Um, but I think I tend to agree with both of you. There's definitely pain points there where you're like, I just feel it's exaggerated, but as a bard, all I'm doing is, uh, (laughs) deception, persuasion, uh, a bard performance, performance roles. And I'm usually always engaging as baffo salts. And there's been times when I accidentally Carlax talking and I'm like, no, get her out of here. She can't persuade. (laughs) Let me just get the persuade, please. And you can't leave. I would say I'd love to have something to swap in my face. I call them my face in dialogue. I think long-term, if they make it a definitive edition or something like that, I think that's something you should just write as feedback. And clearly he has, um, to get people to swap in. I think in social dialogue is when it comes up the most. Yeah. Yeah. That's the biggest one for me. And, and that's part of the reason why I almost feel trapped as a bard or a rogue or somebody that's going to be charismatic because I like to explore the dialogue tree. I don't like, I like, I think the combat in the game is great. But I always feel a lot better about combats I talked my way out of or I clevered my way out of. And when I think about when I play this game again, not being a charismatic talker, I'm like, oh, but then I'm going to yeah, have to remember to switch to, to that person every time I get to a dialogue and then it's not my character but, doing it. What a pain in the butt that's going to be. I'll just play a bard again. You know, like that's just where I kind of <laughs> end up. Remember, there's also a charm to playing a barbarian. And failing all the roles and just playing that way. Yeah, yeah that's, true. Like, that's true. You don't always want to switch because your belligerent barbarian is going to get the last word in and fail everything. And that's just your version of fun. Yeah. <laughs> right. Sometimes Varel is the one who's going to handle the situation and you know it's going to go poorly because you he sees the world through lizard eyes. But you got to let him do it. Yeah. You can't be like, no, yeah. Varel, you can't talk to There's this, this feeling, though, that, okay, I spent two hours in the custom character screen to make this dude or this lady and now I'm in the middle of the game and I'm mostly having a stereo on talk to everybody because he's the charmer. There is a, a feeling, it's weird. It's like, well, I'd rather be heading this up with this character I made, but right. instead I'm yeah. using the yeah. pre-built. And that's, it's not a bad thing. It's just, it feels funny because it does, it takes you out of the role play part kind of a little bit. 
I think really. It's, it's like if I wanted to be a Starian, I would have picked a Starian. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. I think it's the dialogues that just autoplay and don't have do-overs. Because a lot of dialogues, you can just press the leave button. I've done it. And come back with the character you want. That's true. And that's okay. That's you, true. You can do that. But not... He's like, I think he's being a little bit of a Sith about it. Like absolutist, like all skill checks are terrible because they all apply this way. It's like, no, like you can, if you, you can restart dialogues with different characters yeah. and they'll even restart from the beginning. Like you're having a fresh conversation with them. So that point is moot and yeah. anything out in the world, like strength checks, I've opened bank vaults with, uh, my strong persons, they failed, and then my weak eight-strength guy gets a lucky critical and then opens up the bank vault. <laughs> like, you know, shit happens, but, like, different characters get to try. That's, like, that's fine. They've done a great job yeah. on that. Yeah. It's just the auto, you have one shot only sort of scenarios. I think at the start, they should pick. You should be able to pick. And, it, again, it depends on the circumstance. If I just don't think 100% of scenarios are like we pick the best person from the job because if it's like time critical in some fashion and doesn't make sense, then it, I don't think it makes sense to 100% of the time. Well, I had a dialogue that, that started because I was trying to I was trying to get into position for a fight. I knew a fight was coming up. I was pretty sure there was no way I was going to get out of it. And I thought, all right, well, I had Will on my team. I wanted to get him elevated so that he'd be looking down, have that height advantage on his spells. I was like, good. So I hid everybody. I separated him from the party. I tried to sneak him over to a position, and he's the one who got caught and seen by the enemy. Well, he's the one who should be in that dialogue. You know, Stanley shouldn't magically appear into that dialogue and be like, hi, I'm the talker. I'll be handling this situation going forward, even though you're, you know, you looked at my friend here. And I think that it smartly handled that well. In fact, it didn't put the rest of the party in combat. It only put Will in combat for that. Um, so I, I really liked how it handled that particular scenario, even though it wasn't my quote unquote face doing it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think it could be better. I, I wish that the switch party members button didn't just switch I, out of the com or out of the dialogue and actually would let somebody else chime in. I think there's a logistical reason for it, and it may still be a poor excuse. But I think this may be also a single player focused critique. Mm. Remembering yeah. that the game is a fully four player co op game, and dialogue is a lot more chaotic. And like I just. Not every you, someone will start a dialogue that's super important and won't tell the three two three other players, <laughs> you know, like it, so. If not for yeah. practical reasons, maybe even for technical, because I think yeah. there might be a, an element to how the game handles conversations with multiple party members and all of that that it just it doesn't take that Listen, into account. I'm playing with Crofton. I'm the bard. And the performance checks, and I'm like, Crofton, let me do it. He's like, no, I'm the one talking. And he goes ahead and boneheadedly <laughs> fails them anyway. It's like, it's his performance. I'm, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to be a chill bard and not make a big stink about every dialogue. But at first I was like, you guys are like rolling performance and I'm your bard. I can't even get real humans to do that. So I don't know that. I don't think this guy's played much D&D or maybe my friends, you know, need some work on their cooperative <laughs> play. But you know, a little of both, I think. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know, think this guy's right as I think he is, but I think it's I'll fair. Be feedback a chill bard, and now I want to role play a chill bard because yeah. bards typically not very chill, mm, but be no. like, uh, 
I don't know, be like a Tommy Chong bard. Tommy Chong just, bard. I don't know. It's just like, just like, eh, whatever, man. I it's, love that. No. It's just like real mellow about things. Not the big glorious showboating bard, but just like, hey, it's going to be what it's going to uh, be. I, I'm thinking about re-rolling my class in that play group because clearly cooperation's just a struggle. It's so not happening, like, yeah. I watched a little bit of your playthrough with them. It gave me anxiety. I had to leave the stream. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, well, you'll see it on it. There's a more core coming. Tomorrow. They caused caused the tiefling genocide twice. That's what I saw. (laughs) That's the part I saw. I saw the genocide. They're calling me D&D daddy because I'm scolding them because they just can't like stop clicking. Like we need to play some Diablo or something and get it out of our system because like they they triggered they triggered the one of them oh they all just all have to learn i think the game is a bit of a learning curve for people who don't game too much cuz there's druidic standoff and like the barbarians like just trying to walk past them and then i'm trying to walk past them and the druids attacked <laughs> all the tieflings murdered all the kids children and after having them tell me what they did wrong and explaining it to me then i then i allowed them to reload the game and then Mike goes and detects thoughts someone and fails the role. And then we're all just hanging out. Don't know what's going on. And all of a sudden we're in combat. <laughs> but one of the tieflings is like, what are you doing reading my thoughts? And attacks him. And then all the tieflings, you know, obviously side with their tieflings. Oh, my God. See, I, and even, I think but we're going to play on Sunday. And I hope everyone's. Even as you described it, though, like that makes me appreciate game this game. Entirely. It's a different game. Yeah. 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 It's almost yeah. like they gave you a bonus game. That you didn't expect to be in the sixty bucks, and it's this thing with Crofton and Mike that only yeah. will play out that way with them. I'd still, it's still a point in the literal, of the literal game. murder hobos. The number one question is, uh, do we have something to go kill? Like we're gonna stop playing soon. Let's go kill something. I'm like, you game, really need to switch game the game with them to Diablo. They are not designed work that way. Yeah, they yeah. want every button to be used, and they want every button to be used aggressively. <laughs> Like, you know, they'd be given a spell called Peace Bloom. They'd well, sprout a bunch of pretty flowers and they'd be like, can I get this to bloom through somebody's skull? <laughs> Knowing what's coming later, I'm pretty sure they're good. I'm going to have some satisfying comeuppance on some like possible, you know, scenarios of biting off more than you can chew in this good. game. So good, I, I'm yeah. like, now that I've played a little further, that's why I'm like, now let them be terrorists. Yeah. yeah, the game's going to respond to their behavior, and it's going to be satisfying. I think so. Yeah. I mean, it is going to show you stuff that, I, like, I'm thinking of doing a more evil playthrough as Dying Talus, mm. and even then, I'm like, I don't know if I can let all the tieflings just get murdered. I don't think that I'd seems, do it either. That seems rough. There's too many that kids seems hard, in there. Hard for me to sign up to do. So you're seeing stuff that, like, even when I think, like, yeah, I'll play through as kind of an asshole. I still wouldn't see that stuff. So you're you're in beautiful yeah. new territory for you're, <laughs> for you're this doing game. stuff none of us may ever see. But it is funny because the game's very good at making me feel empathy where I'm supposed to or where where I would naturally. Most games, it's like, well, it's a video game. Let's see what what happens. This game's really hard for me to go renegade or you know whatever the equivalent is. It's just hard. Uh, no, even even I, even on those gray dwarves, like. Most of them were slaver assholes, but one of them I actually got along with really well. But then I got into combat with a head honcho, and everyone's got to fall in line. And I didn't realize till after that I killed the gray dwarf I liked because the oh, gray no. dwarf has to fight. Yeah. You know, and I was like, oh, and I felt something about it. I was like, oh, that sucks. Yeah, see, that's like, cool. I like that one character, but of course, like, 
he's got a life. He's got to do what his commanders do. Uh, I'm clearly gone hostile. And then I killed, you know, I was like, oh, a casualty of war. Mm. I reloaded that. one fight probably eight times <laughs> because the outcome of a condition in that fight resulted in a lot of really bad things happening. Really? <laughs> and, like a roll? Like a bad and, roll or something? Or you were trying to get a better roll? No, I'm going to try and talk around it without it being too spoilery. Mm. There is a fight where it's not really about winning or losing. It's about protecting someone. Mm. And it's hard to do. The game does not necessarily want you to succeed at protecting them. Is it at a certain place where you hang out and sleep and stuff? Yes. Okay, and I, 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 I was like, it, they're hard to protect, and if you mm-hmm. don't protect them, the negative consequence is massive. It oh, is really? huge, because so, they are the only thing that is keeping a bunch of innocent people safe, mm. and if they are gone, that is gone, and <laughs> I was not happy with what the game asked me to do. So I kept reloading that until I successfully protected the person. I need to. Okay. I you do, know what I, I'm talking about, right? I know what you're talking about, but I, I, I hate to, I don't want, I'm not trying to sound like an asshole here, but I got, I, I succeeded the first try. All right. Uh, All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> but remember, I've played more hours than you. My guys were like level eight. Like I was. I, th- oh, I, had I was feeling- certainly not that. I think I was level six or five. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I had a lot of advantage that you didn't get having that fight. So let's, you know, be reasonable. Is the game scaling with us levels wise? I haven't really paid attention uh, no. to that. Okay. No. 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 Um. So so I'm curious. Like, is it? So I don't know much about why I'm doing what I'm doing. And that's. I just have to ask. I'm so curious now. But you're saying, I don't know about this protecting things. Does it have more consequences than I might realize if I fail? So the, okay, guys, if you are really worried about spoilers, I'm still going to talk around them, but skip ahead like a minute. So you may want to remove your headphones. The the environment in that area is dangerous, but you can go last light in. Yes, you can go and rest there because there's a protective bubble around it. Yes. That bubble is held together by the person you need to protect. If oh. she gets abducted, the bubble drops and the curse takes everybody in the inn. Are you talking about Marcus? The angel who drops down to kidnap her? Yes. If he kidnaps her, the bubble so goes So that's away. the fight you lost. Yeah. He oh. doesn't even have to kill her. He just has to knock her out. You know what's hilarious? Is and the that second we were, she we were gets knocked with, out, it falls apart. So so interesting. That didn't happen to me with the Isabel fight, but I thought you were talking about the Halson thing. Oh, no, 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 no. Which is weird because it's also near Last Light Inn and also yeah. involves a big mystery, but I don't think losing that Halson thing would result. That's why the bubble. No, 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 no. Me. Yeah. Oh, I didn't lose that one either. Again, I feel like I'm very <laughs> highly leveled. I'm I'm high leveled. I, I did everything in Act One. Like I went into Act Two at level seven, pretty much bordering a bee's dick away from level eight. Yeah. So I'm I'm like I, I'm definitely know that I'm going into Act Two with a huge head start because of all the time I've spent in Act One. Um. Yeah, anyways, I, you know what? That never even occurred to me. She got knocked. It's just like going, getting a sleep spell or something will knock the shield out. Yeah, if they get her, yeah, 
She drops to zero HP, and everything is targeting her specifically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and let me tell you, as somebody who's seen this fight like eight times, it can go wildly different. I had it happen in the first round Whoa. without a chance to protect her. Whoa. On one playthrough. And yes, the shield goes down, and everybody and- gets cursed. Like wow. even Jay? There Jay are a works? few characters that have received blessings that they say like it won't fade for them. But it was Jay Lady okay in that scenario? Uh yes. Okay. But then they tell you to kill everybody because they're all attacking you. The fight continues, oh. but you have to kill everybody in the end. Like like so the like even the kids? Yeah. Oh, that's awful, oh, that dude. Awful. Holy shit. <laughs> and I I don't want to spoil it for Scott, but it's like the people there's people there that you help save that you're now because you failed in that fight have to murder as undead. Yeah, these are people you've known since act 1. These aren't just like, oh, I stumbled on some nice people. It's now you have to execute people from act 1. Damn. Holy shit. Damn. Man, I'm doing good. <laughs> You are doing good. <laughs> I'm really pleased with myself. I feel so innocent. I'm like, I didn't realize just how badly. Because th- you went to that- your Underdark party and overleveled everybody, and then it's, you're winning oh, no, all your stuff. The the, Mar- the Marcus versus Isabel fight is like, it's intense. You start right in the thick of things. Like, they're two feet away from each other. Like, it's, I see how it could go wrong. I just didn't. Like, I just, I don't even well, know. Well, and the other enemies that spawn, sometimes they get caught up on the other people in the inn and will actually fight or will be slowed yeah. down. But I literally had one turn where he attacked her. He got nothing but crits, nearly killed her from the first hit. Then uh, almost nobody in the inn got a chance to act. The creatures got to act. They came in, attacked her. And uh, I did not have enough time to prevent. I tried to stop him from hitting her his next turn. He downed her immediately. Hmm. I'm sorry for that tangent. I just had to know because. No, it's fine. It's it's a wild thing. Is like, yeah, no. And you have to decide whether or not you're going to live with that or not in your place. Yeah. And I was like, no, this is too much for me. I I don't want to live with this. I'd rather find a way to. It's like Arthur's level. Like, you only need <laughs> get some Strathholm going. Jane is like, they're people. And you're like, actually, they're undead. Kill them all now. Wow. I have some, I have a quick note for you because you said earlier uh, you were a bee's dick away from something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they are less than a millimeter long, bee penis. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I found out this really interesting fact here. It says the process is sometimes audible to the human ear. Uh, like a popping sound when a bee ejaculates. It says here, the bee ejaculates so powerfully that it ruptures the end of the endophallus, which is its penis, disconnecting the drone from the queen. The bulb from the endophallus is busted off inside the queen during mating. So drones mate only once and die shortly after. The leftover endophallus remains in the queen's vagina and is referred to as the mating sign. This is how scientists or others would know uh, that she's, you know, already mated because she's got the guy's wiener in there still. So there you go. Just a little extra on top of your, you know, because when you said that far away, I thought, how far is that? It's a millimeter or less. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, the Australians came up with it. Blame them. <laughs> I heard it from an Australian. Okay. It's apparently the common thing in Australia. All right. 
bees dick. sort of tracks because their animals are like savage and dangerous. Everything like does crit damage. Perfect. <laughs> In Australia, even the koalas do crit damage to you. Well, let's <laughs> let's do some additional news damage. We got additional news here. Uh, this guy that did the speed run in 10 minutes has now moved on to do sex percentage. Uh, it's now an official speed run category. Uh, current record in BG3 is eight minutes to having your first uh, sexual encounter in the game. Does anybody know who, because I know who it is. Do you know who the record sex receiver is? I don't know who the record sex receiver is, but I know I'm about to beat this world do you, record. Do you, have a, do you have a guess on who it would be? Can I guess? Who do you think is the fat world's fastest person you can bet in the game? I will guess it's Lazelle because she's so eager all the time. Gail? Well, do you have a guess? Gail? Gail? Yeah. Uh, the world record is for sleeping with Lizelle. Oh, it is? Uh, okay. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, she seems really hot to trot all the time, although she doesn't like my character. but Well, whatever. if Yankee lay eggs, so sex is purely for pleasure. Oh. Oh. Well, then she got, yeah, because you don't have to worry about any uh, any uh, false positives or anything. You're just like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you haven't gotten there either, Scott. The eggs. We got to stop talking about Baldur's Gate. Everything just turns into a story. <laughs> I, have a story about a, I have a story about a gift Yankee egg. <laughs> a story about a good Yankee egg. No, that's a good tease. Yeah. We could have it a teaser for next week, or do you want to tell it now? Uh, you can tell so it. You'll find out. Um, you have Lizelle in your party. And I she do. keeps saying, we got to go to a crash. I don't know. Like, get the Yankee nearby. Okay. She says that. Like, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. Early on, she says that, I think. Yeah, yeah. So so on your way to the crash, there's um, someone who gives you a quest. Crash. They want, they're like, Gith Yankee <laughs> are kind of bitches. And uh-huh. we want to raise them a, a Gith Yankee away from other Gith Yankee to see if that's just culture. Yeah. And if Gith Yankee are actually not bitches when they're raised with civilized. So they, te- they task you to steal an egg. Okay. And Scott's immediately is, down. He's like, "Yeah, I'll steal an egg. Yeah, I'll steal an egg. egg. I have no problem with that." So <laughs> there's a whole quest involving stealing one of their eggs, and um, let's just say I didn't steal it, but I have it. <laughs> I have the egg in my possession, um, but I did not turn it into the person. So I'm actually trying to see if it'll hatch. That's oh, oh that would be cool. I don't know if it's gonna hatch, and you know, I'm kind of in with Lizelle, so we can have an adoptive. She she doesn't want to raise kids, by the way. I'll be doing I'll be a house husband, I think. But whatever. I want <laughs> That's yeah, the... I got a whole story with this egg. It's part of the lore of my playthrough now. It's like I've got a beautiful uh, someone I want to make my wife and a Gith Yankee. I got a Gith Yankee egg and my and a treasure chest <laughs> in my inventory. <laughs> all, it's all happening. I finally have a family, you guys. You should make breakfast with it. Make a um, hard boiled Gith Yankee. <laughs> God, Scott. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, is it even? fertilized how does it, how did the get yankees yeah work? no it, it's the, i met the egg um there's a like a proprietor i don't know it's like a person who runs the eggs <laughs> and um it's it's he's a runt he's late and they hate get yankee hate failure so he's gonna be treated badly mm. but um it's still good and he still believed it was gonna be hatched so okay. as far as i know it's 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 fertilized and good to go ready to rock all right uh also there's I didn't know this was happening. There's a brand new Guild Wars 2 expansion next week, Secret of the Obscure. Yeah, I thought this was crazy too. I'm like, oh man, their, their advertising budgets are really small on this. It one. must be. Although although, you know, with so much going on, maybe people just missed it, but I I thought I just picked up their last one. 
Which yeah, is, no, apparently there's a new one coming and it releases next week. And I was like, oh, damn, with all these games coming, I kind of like Guild Wars. Guild Wars is doing know. all right. They've had, uh, but the word is they've had a real uptick in numbers. And I don't know what that's coming from, but um, maybe the last expansion was good. I don't know. I think the WoW thing also, uh, a lot of people are like, oh, whoa, this dragon riding's cool. Oh, you should see how they do it over here. They, they basically lifted it. It's a cooler system over in. And uh, Guild Wars, you go try it. And then I think some people went and tried it and liked it. I don't know what's going on there. And Steam, I think it's going well on Steam. So maybe there's just, maybe it's maybe things are coming up nice for them over there. I don't know. It's a good game, though. I like Guild Wars 2 a lot. Uh, Titan Quest 2 got announced. Ooh, that's exciting. If you're, if you're a Titan Quest fan, you're excited. I don't Titan know. Quest has been around for so long. I know, right? And oh it feels gosh. like just That's keeps about, like it's about time in a way. Like, yeah, I can't believe I lost a video card to Titan Quest because I tried playing it. And my computer at the time couldn't handle it, and it killed my video card and killed my computer. Oh crap! So I've always been a little bitter towards it. It's because, it, like, hey, you want to know how old Titan Quest was? It was really revolutionary that Titan Quest had grass that blue in the wind i remember like, that, that too. was amazing yeah. tech it was like holy shit the grass moves on yeah. its own like wind and that killed my video card killed my computer it was, it was a very uh resource intensive game at the time and it still looks good cra- weirdly like you run this game today and you're like whoa this actually is a very pretty action rpg game i liked it a lot it's the, the grim dong people came out of this group uh, or the original developers are the Grim Dawn people. I don't know who's making this. Um, but I'd check it out. You know, it turns yeah, out. I mean, I also really, they talk about, you know, D2 having a, a specific vibe for an ARPG, but mm-hmm. I'd argue uh, the Greek mythology is a great vibe for an ARPG as well. <laughs> like, Agreed, yeah. There's some wicked yeah. shit you fight in that game, that first game. I'm, I really, I actually really like uh, that. That's a vibe too, and I think if they nail it, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Screenshots look good too on the Steam page. You can already wish list it now. Yeah, um, it nice. actually shows you some like gameplay looking stuff, and I don't know, man, looks pretty exciting. Coming nice and cult. colorful, the opposite of D2. Yeah, yeah, and four <laughs> for that matter. It's just really uh, got a good legacy, and people, you know, I think this is something people have been clamoring for for a while. So I'm excited. Uh, then we got Dark Tide is adding skill trees. Uh, Dark Tide still climbing its way back to it's going to be great like Vermintide status. Uh, I hope so. I was really sad how you know I it, it got criticism. Fair enough. Like what you know, I'm not going to argue if people feel a way about it. That's great. But I kind of hope they claw their way back because I think it's a really awesome game. Yeah, his tech trees look cool. I don't know. Tech trees are just tech trees, so who knows what it means? Until I mean, one of the it. criticism was just that the classes felt. Um, uh, there wasn't a, like it was just pretty linear, like where you had three different skill options or subclass options per character for the five characters. There's only four characters and not really great choices. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe this will do it. Maybe not. You can't, it's hard to tell. It doesn't look like that complicated of a skill tree, but they added two more maps recently as well. You know, well, check in with chipping the game away on it. Point. Yeah, yeah. I like that they're doing that, and looks like October-ish is when you should expect that update. And remember, great soundtrack. Hell yeah. I was just listening to it the other day. Like, it's just got a good... It is really good. I agree with you there. Uh, Let's see. Assassin's Creed Mirage is now coming out early. It's done. It's gone gold. 
and Alan Wake 2 got delayed. <laughs> so this, oh, wait, Mirage is out early? They yeah. They're copying Larian? Yeah, they're copying Larian a little bit. Um, wow. Let's see if I can find the date here. Hold on. This is a good trend overall. If everyone's like, we're launching early now for the next five well, years. Well, it, it seems like it is an attempt to spread out the October video game releases. Yeah. Um, it seems like everybody was kind of hitting the same spot. Uh, so right now, October is going to be Forza Motorsport, Assassin's Creed Mirage, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, Sega's Sonic Superstars, and Alan Wake 2 was yeah. all going to be coming out at roughly the same time. And now they have spread out a little bit by uh, having Assassin's Creed move up and Alan Wake move back. In fact, Alan Wake, they just flat out said it. They're like, we want to give you more time to play other games. It doesn't surprise me. It's literally what they said. It wasn't like, we need more time. They were just like, hey, (laughs) there's a lot coming out. You should play. We want to have our own window. We have a a real AAA traffic jam this year. And uh, I'm not surprised to see people moving around trying to. Oh, yeah. And Spider Man. I forgot. Oh, yeah. Spider Man. (laughs) Just just a little game. Spider Man 2. Yeah. Only the expected to be the biggest thing of of that era or of that moment. And oh, my gosh. There's so much, you guys. I can't I, look. I'm excited about Starfield in a major way, but it's making me feel like I'm behind on everything. If I want to touch it first, week, you know, first day. Anyway, uh, let's see. And Mirage looking good. That's the other thing. Mirage looks awesome. Like it's smaller in scale, which I'm down for. I don't need another 300 hour open world game. That's a nice tight 60 or something. Uh, back to the more stealthy kind of gameplay that the series was originally known for. There's a lot to like about what Mirage is doing. And I prior to hearing all of that, I kind of wasn't even thinking about it. But now I kind of want to play that. I don't know. Too much. But a sad day for 360 owners if you're still buying shit on the store. <laughs> uh, the th- Xbox 360 store is closing down after 18 years. No more store. Oh, what? 360 store? <laughs> yeah. So you're surprised it was even running. Yeah, yeah, it was, was still running. Yeah. yeah, I mean, these things, they go for a long time. What was it? The Wii U one or the Wii one just ended? month ago or something so is it just like end of life also for your um digital locker on xbox 360 uh if i had to well they move forward the in xbox's case they let you move all that shit forward on the next console so you can pull out yeah the, but i mean i still have a 360 if i want to plug it in i'm just trying to figure out do i only have access to my physical games or i think it's just the store so you I think can't you could access. get your downloads you just couldn't buy you can't anything buy anything new. yeah okay. all right so that's, i can still play my peggle and red dead redemption yeah yeah that's right. the way the p uh not psp the um the vita works right now my vita when i log in i can download stuff i just can't buy anything yeah so. it's just because like that's the fun part about old consoles like i got a super nes i think if i plug it in it'll work and i got like 10 cartridges so it's yeah, like you just go it all functions but like my xbox 360 i'm like is it just a brick? Uh, like, when does it become just a brick? Like, you know, can I, I think I have a few CDs, but definitely an Xbox series S at its end of life. I got nothing to stick in that thing. Well, we're there now for the, this, we're really just hitting that. Aren't we like Xbox original Xbox, I guess is, was pretty internet connected, but it was still mostly here's the disc. Here's the thing. Play it. Yeah. But like PlayStation 2, same thing, GameCube. But if yeah, you jump to 360, PS3 era, those are the consoles where online was a gigantic part of it, of the whole strategy. So 
as that comes to end of life, we're having to grapple with what is that? What does that freaking mean for archiving games or in Sony's case, they don't, a lot of that doesn't move forward. In Microsoft's case, I, I appreciate they do this, but you know that stuff usually does. But I'm, there's probably exceptions to that. Certainly, online games that don't have servers anymore, you're screwed there. Like I don't fire out my old consoles because I feel like you know you should retain them. They're products, and they're cool. They don't take a lot of yeah. room. But like the Series S, I'm like it literally, unless I can repurpose it as a laptop or something. Like, what can I do with it if you know in 20 years, right? Like. Will it be worth yeah. keeping? Yeah. Like plug it in and then it won't connect to anything. I don't know. Well, in 20 years, you know, you'll be in your 60s or something. And you'll be like, oh, by then you'll have hatched that egg and you'll have I'll, a little I'll have kid. Xbox Series <laughs> 10 2, 7, B. I'll have a Get the Yankee Kid. Get the Yankee care. Kid. Yeah, that came out of that egg. I'll, I'll, be raising, I'll, I'll be living in Faerun in the video game. Yeah. Digitize my brain and hang out with my Liz Eleanor. Uh, I'm egg. ready, man. If I, as I get closer to whatever my death is in the future, just convert me to digital. I'm good. I don't even want to. I and just I want to be. I don't want to live forever. I don't think that's good for anybody. I don't want to no. live. But, but the essence of who I was could just live. I, I don't want it to be. I don't want it to get tired or be sad or be you know hungry. You want to be a Terminator. I just want to be a Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> or you, what about being a Max Headroom? I mean, I don't know. Maybe sure. The TV with Scott going like, hey. Hey, 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 hey. yep, I'd do it. That'd be good. Yeah, why not? Uh, all right, that's it for your stories. Let's do some quick correspondence. That's a good question. Uh, we got emails and texts all the time. We got a voicemail to start with today, and I'm going to play it. Is uh, oh, is it not here? Why? What happened? Hold on, I've moved it. Oh, I thought I put it in here. Hold on one second, everybody. Don't worry. Scott's got it under control. Show files core. Yeah, I think I just forgot to drag it over. Okay, here it is. Uh, this is which one? Language barriers and movies. Oh, this isn't. This is for FilmSack. Ignore that. Here's the one that we were supposed to do. <laughs> Bo, this is for you. All right. Um, All right. It's a two-parter. This is amazing. I can't believe I did oh, this wrong. Two-parter. Um, let me grab it real quick. Was it this one? I believe that was it. Hold on. Man, what a great podcast. Was it the same guy? Hey. Yeah, it's this guy. Okay, so he okay. sent two things in. This is important because the first one matters, and then the second one's a crack up. So, anyway, here's yeah, the first. Here's the first one. Man, quite a great podcast. Anyways, today I was at work and I was using the Wayback Time Machine. I never, don't know if you heard of it before, but you can basically search any website and it shows you the website as it was. So, I went to 2004 and went to Blizzard.com and. What a throwback. It was just like I remembered it when I was nine. But anyways, um, on <laughs> on the website, it actually showed, like, StarCraft Ghost c- coming out soon, you know, in development and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, my gosh, yes. I remember Scott talks about how probably the worst re- regret of his life that he <laughs> doesn't get to play it ever. So anyways, I clicked on it. It was going through screenshots. It said it was even back then going to be on Xbox and uh, PlayStation or something like that, which is pretty crazy for back then. But anyways, super sad. But um, later today, I was wasting some more time at work, and <laughs> I saw that there was a playable build re- like release and leaked online. So I'm not sure if you've heard of that before, but um, it's like an early build from development. So I guess you can play what they had. So uh, I'm gonna give this a shot, and uh, you know I'm not gonna 
not going to miss that opportunity. I'll let you know how it goes. But, um, yeah, definitely check that out, man. And, uh, yeah, I'll talk to you guys later. Bo is a hoser. All right. All right. Now, this is what's important. The Wait, whole thing. like a random, ran, random, like. Yeah. It's just like, a, it was like a thought a, explosion. Red, like a drive by shooting. Like, it's <laughs> a great, best podcast ever. Yeah. F you, Bo. Goodbye. Yeah. Now, what I like about it, that's what I liked about it. It was like all the stuff about StarCraft Ghosts and then, oh, yeah, Bo's a hoser. But then I get this call. Also, hey. hang Wait. on. I got. Okay, go ahead. I just got a comment. I found it very funny that he called it the Wayback Time Machine. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if you <laughs> guys have heard about it's just time the Wayback Machine. There's, no, there's, yeah, no, time there's no time travel involved. It's like I found this crazy thing. You guys, <laughs> you guys, are never it's gonna a believe. Time machine. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, if you don't, and All also right, to ahead. follow up on the thing, if you don't want to go hunt down that playable uh, build, it's it's YouTube. You can see it on YouTube. So okay. Blizzard never pulled it down. But then he replies with with this after again. Let's just remind people what the very end of this said. Hold on, right here. Bo is a hoser. All right, so that we got that. Then I get this call. Hey, uh, so for some reason I don't know how I messed up on this, but I called Bo a hoser in the last voicemail. And I thought it meant Canadian, and I just uh, Urban Dictionary it, and it does not mean Canadian. So I feel really bad. Uh, Bo is like, uh, what an intelligent man. I respect him so much. I look up to him, and he's daddy. So anyways, just wanted to apologize to Bo. Love you, Bo. <laughs> Why that's so funny to me? But yeah, he didn't know what Hoser meant, he claims. So. Oh, Hoser's not that bad, though. But yes, it is a, you know, you know you're calling someone like. Uh, you know, just dumb or you know, it's, it's a name derogatory. Person. It's not. It's, derog- it's not yeah, a you. statement derog- of fact like you're Canadian. But, but yeah. it's it's like one of the it's you know like getting slapped with a feather kind of thing. It's not that bad. You call your friends a hoser. You call you call your friend a boner. You, know, you call your friend I a goofball. Never, like I have that. never used the word hoser. In yeah. my life. Mm. <laughs> that is something that John Candy did in your American movies to make you think, oh, Canadians, you call each other hosers, eh? No, it's worse than that. Heads. It was Bob and Doug McKenzie records. That's what did Those yeah. two as well. They're guilty of perpetuating Canadian yeah. stereotypes. Hosers. Was that a boot? Yeah. <laughs> Big time. And yeah. they were they were Canadian. And so we all thought this was legit and authentic when we heard it on the Great White Album. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Got me but, kicked out of uh, middle school uh, history class too. <laughs> I mean, nobody says hosers that much. They, you know, I just hear "son of a whore" all the time. Whore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I actually I love that pronunciation of it's a bad word, guys. Don't say it's whore. Oh, whore is funny though. Yeah. That sounds so derogatory. When we say "son of a whore," it's like <laughs> it's, <laughs> it makes it really awesome. I, mean, I don't know what. To, Do you guys say piss jugs or is that just? I was downtown and I met some whores. Yeah. You know, and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> so is the is the piss jug thing just trailer park boys and it's not real no one ever says piss jug um no piss jug is very trailer park boys and I, I mean you piss in the bush all the time i well, i don't know why anyone would put in like that's kind of one of the weird things about trailer park boys you do a lot like, of things in the bush <laughs> like when we would go up home we would pull up on the side of the road and just piss on the trees and the ladies would go deeper and just piss in the yeah, pissing, you know, crouch, take the pants off, try not to pee in their pants, and piss in the bush. Yeah, and we had you know one woman who could pee standing up, and that was and they're know, not toilets fire. in Canada. And her name was Lazelle, right? Because she could pee. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no well, there are toilets, but when we're going, like, so where my family's from, 
it's like an hour of forest mm. before you get to toilets. <laughs> there's, there's no toilets in. <laughs> where I, I when I say I come from a rural family on my dad's side, it really means rural. Like, yeah, lots of forest. You can walk out there and die and get lost. Never find your way back if you don't know how to navigate. That kind of thing. Yeah, actual wilderness. The Great White North so, is where you were. Yeah, like, yeah there's lots of city, lots of city folk. City folk, but I, I was raised, so I know some of, I know some survival shit. I can, I bet you do. I can hang. Yeah, I can. You know, I would love you if I had a, um, you know, a zombie survival group. I always think about who I don't want. So it's easy. That's like I don't want Ted Cruz in there. I don't want, uh, you know, all the worst, laziest. Uh, Ted Cruz is coming knocking, Scott. <laughs> I, know, I know how to I survive. I know how to chase deer. I know how to gut deer. Yeah, you'd be great. There. Plus, you'd care about I, people like, in the group. You'd be a great. It's gross. Group. You cut out their butthole and then you pull out all their guts from their butthole. Anyways, it's smells bad. You wouldn't believe what the insides of animals deer smell. Uh, I bet it's really I, bad. Yeah, I didn't. I've, I've had you know. I totally, I totally forgot to mention I played that Palia beta, and it reminds me of that because I had to kill some deer in it. I'll talk about yeah. it next week. I kind of like that yeah, Palia also game. Water buttholes and butterhole, but yeah, butter but, but buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> yep, buttholes, man. Butter butt. Why were they saying butter? Buttholes. <laughs> it looks like you're watering buttholes. This is what it looks like when you plant food and water it. Okay, it's weird. Right. That I game's cool though. I think it's. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's early, but it seems like it's going to be rad. I'm excited well, about that. That's a survival game too, and I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure, it's a lot like the real thing. Yeah, <laughs> water and buttholes out there, like we used to do. Anyway, anyways, all that to say, Hoser, don't believe Canadian stereotypes. Hoser's not that bad. Yeah, um, I know a lot of French ones. French is important, but I don't even want to say them. But, French hosers or my, French words? My favorite no, French part words. about this call, though, is that, like, okay, he, he messed up. He didn't know what it meant. But he thought it was analogous to just saying Canadian. So that's like ending a call and going, God is American. <laughs> and that's how you decided to end the call. It's really funny Which to me. I think you would be correct to say uh, Canuck. Or, yeah, or you'd say Scott's a Yankee, Bo's a Canuck, like that. Okay, yeah. Yeah. okay. Yeah. I could see that. And what do they so call? What do they call Arizona? Bo is a Canadian. Yep. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> what do they call Arizona or like, uh, Arizona's? Is Arizona hot? Yeah, they're just hot. Zonies. Zoni? No, Arizonans is what my brother told me. I don't know if that's true. But. I don't know. That doesn't sound good. We got to figure that out. I'm a. We're Utahns. That's real. Um, no, but like a nickname thing, because like yeah. New Yorker people should be New Yorkies or New Yorkers. <laughs> New Yorkies, New Yorkies. <laughs> you call them Yankees? Like what's that? Where are the Yankees? No, Yankees from? is just like supposed no, to be. No, they do call them New Yorkers. That it's a real thing. Yeah, New Yankees Yorkers is, is a correct. Sports team. Yeah, but there's the more derogatory, not quite, not derogatory, but not their name name, right? Like, um, uh, you know, like Canadians, we're Canadians, but we get called Canucks. Oh, I and thought Canucks Yankees was a uh, like, hockey team or something. And don't they have a name for New Jerseyans? New Jerseyans? Yeah, maybe, uh, that's, it's maybe I'm, I think I'm wading into trouble here. That's not. Bo <laughs> <laughs> is just like he's turned down his street and now he's looking around and going, "I don't think I'm in a good neighborhood." The street is New Jersey. I'm I like, I'm getting, out of, I'm getting the hell out of New Jersey. <laughs> we're gonna get a we're gonna get a call from all the New Yorkies who are gonna come after us. Um, danger. Here's a quick email from Steve in New York, of all places. That's funny. 
he wrote into oh by the way that phone call came from 801-471-0462 yes the fame 10 hams uh number uh <laughs> use that call in leave a voicemail we'd love it. Hams. Yep, 180 10 hams uh the email though on the other hand is talk to the court gmail.com this is steve in new york who says scott and company i am a longtime listener and first time email sender the core podcast is excellent based on your videos uh as i've never seen Voices. what you look like Voices. i imagine you guys look like the following you ready for this yeah so this is somebody who's never seen us this is their prediction on what we look like based purely on our voice yeah and i'm gonna say that obvious i think in all three of these cases we're talking about at their prime when they were known for something <laughs> big at their prime i mean right now the guy that gave me is like nine, 92 years old or something <laughs> um, <laughs> i was gonna say you're really only making this excuse for one person. well but I, I would say this one for Bo is also he is like in his 80s now and when he was the dude he was not but anyway Scott is Ed Bagley Jr. I don't know why he's got that in his head, but fine. The actor Ed oh, Bagley Ed Jr. Ed Bagley Jr. is great. Oh, I love like, him. He's awesome. Fine. He was great. He's got better. a great voice, too. He's, yeah, He loves him, but Scott doesn't want to look like him. Oh, I like him. I, he's fine. <laughs> and maybe that's most accurate, actually, because he's tall and lanky and very white. And that's me. Um, he was great in Better Call Saul. I was great in Better Call Saul. So we have a lot yeah, in common. Uh, Bo, the dude from Big Lebowski. It's not too far yeah, it's actually pretty close. You got the beard and the hair. That I think maybe if I lost some weight and looked a little more, it's a robe and a white Russian. Yeah, and you could just sit there and yeah. go, "Well, that's just your." I mean, I think I, opinion, I, man. I've gone through periods of dressing like him for sure. Mm-hmm. There was one point where I think I wore a house coat for a year. I think I, you know, I had, I had had a few pot ears where I was, you know, sure. I don't know. I think probably it's bang on, probably. Do you have a friend named Donnie who died too young? Um, who looked really no. ugly? <laughs> no, no. I got a face named- full of his ashes. <laughs> but 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 when we, when we went to go see the Big Lebowski at the Mayfair, yeah, um, we dressed up as you know it's like one of those cinema viewings where you dress up, and we dressed up as the characters from Big Lebowski. Yeah, uh, and Crofton was Donnie. Really? He's a good Donnie. And we told him to F off. You talk and be like, That's F off, great. Donnie. But I was surprisingly not, I had shorter hair at the time. Mm. I didn't have long hair. Um, so I was not the dude. Mike was the dude. I was Walter. You were Walter? And I won first place because you go up and they did a little contest and I won first place for my Walter. But it's because I told wow. everyone to shut the oh, fuck man. up in front of the, in front of the audience. I was, what, what is this line? This is what happens when a stranger that's you in the ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and that got a thunderous applause. Everyone like. Oh my gosh! One of the great John Goodman roles of all time. It's so good. Yeah, John, you are uh, McLovin from Superbad. I mean, I'm here's why I'm okay with this. Mm. I feel like I'm maybe maybe better looking than who I got compared to. I agree. I'd, oh yeah, that's uh, easy. But yeah, you're better looking sorry, than McLovin. Guy. That's yeah. the one save. I feel like I got McLovin, and I was like, "Oh man, I got oh. McLovin." And yeah. then I was like, "Well, you know, maybe could have been worse. They could have been like, you know, here's an extremely well, handsome individual, and I'm just like, oh, I mean, no offense I'm the to that act- version of that, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, no offense to that actor, but I feel like that that that's that actor's whole shtick is how ironically un attractive as <laughs> a human being compared to the, he plays like a mac daddy who you're like how mm-hmm. like that's the humor of super bad is like yeah, you know, that's and, the joke. Um, yeah. i mean he's not that bad i think they play it up no. in the movies and stuff like that but yeah. i'm actually trying to 
There's a photo. I feel bad for him because he's normal. definitely yeah. one of those guys that like could not escape the shadow of the joke, right? Like no, you no. hear about him just being like, I don't want to be called McLovin, mm-hmm. you know? Like mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he's definitely type guys because he's been in a lot of roles since as the, you know, very unappealing looking person who somehow has a power god complex and blah blah blah. Yeah, Christopher Mintz Plaz Plaz or Plaze. I'm not sure how you say his last name, but he is uh yeah. he's been in a bunch of stuff. Um, let's see. I'm trying to see if there's anything that's like recent that I would have know here. Actually, I don't know. I've seen, I was looking at a few photos here of him as an he's adult. All right. think he's, he's, he's good all right. He's all right. He's a good yeah. looking guy. Yeah. I've only Escaped ever seen him in movies. The shadow of McLovin. Yeah. 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 I've only ever seen him in movies that are playing up the you know glasses and his, just making sure to show his teeth and all that stuff. But yeah. well, he's very <laughs> good in the movie role models. I like that. that movie a lot. He's he's a good voice actor in the How to Train Your Dragon stuff. He plays that fish legs character. It's pretty good. But he's kind of just playing McLovin in cartoon form. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> well, oh, and he's in... Oh, no, I thought I saw a video game in here. I don't see a video game. Never mind. Oh, Kick-Ass, Kick-Ass 2. He's been in some stuff. He's all right. He's been working a lot lately. Who do you look like, John? Who who would you... Since this isn't spot on, who would you compare yourself to? Yeah, who would you say? Oh, who do I look like? I don't know. I don't know. I probably wouldn't be happy to find out either. (laughs) I will tell you. Someone awesome. I will tell you this. You have a wrestler belt. This happens to me once in a while, John, and I promise you it's nothing to do with baldness. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, this is, but you're a great start, uh-huh. Scott. I, can I? I know I'm not supposed to eat on the podcast. But can I get some popcorn, please? <laughs> yeah, popcorn. Break out, here. Let me break out the popcorn for where this is going to go. But uh-huh. I Who cannot did? help it. There are two. There are th- a few people in my life where this happens to in the same show. But when I watch Seinfeld, which is a lot, it's kind of on all the time around here. <laughs> oh, oh no! I, I, oh, no. <laughs> there are George moments that I think uh-huh. of you. Just moments. Oh, That's no. fine. I mean, like George is obviously based on Larry David, right? And I watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I feel like Larry yeah. David. And so, that's the other that thing that show Curb, speaks yeah. to me on a real personal level. I cannot tell you how much I identify with him, and I don't think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. The amount of times I watch that show, going, he's right, and the only time I get mad at Curb is usually because he has to pay the price for his attitude. Mm-hmm. Like it's about him like life throwing it back at him yeah. the i get frustrated because i'm like he was right and he didn't deserve what happened to him like <laughs> i am the biggest advocate for no he he doesn't deserve this he's got a point yeah. he's got an absolutely spot larry has point. a point yeah you're I definitely think you i think like jason alexander or larry well Davis. that's what i'm saying is i i don't think it's a look thing it's uh it's a personality thing but obviously those are very you know i know john enough to know that he is not "Quote unquote," Larry David or Jason Alexander's character George, but there's something about their vibe that I get out of John just naturally. It just kind of happens. I can't explain. I, I have it. to say, it's accurate. I watch Seinfeld. I definitely feel like George more often than not. I watch Curb. I feel like Larry David a lot. Yeah, I can't help it. There's something about it. Anyway, uh, if you all at home have ideas about who we look like, we'd love to take your feedback on that send us those emails and those voicemails and those texts that would be awesome before we get out of here tonight i want to thank our patreon people patrons of all ilks who have joined us over there many of you have been there a long time some of you are brand new like jeremy pierce rolled guard 2000 
It feels like something my doctor would have to prescribe or something, doesn't it? The Rolled yeah, Guard. Try Rolled Guard. Ask your doctor about Rolled Guard. <laughs> Make sure it's right for you. Mark Wait, Rickert. are you making fun of someone's name? Oh, no, no, I love their names. Mike Rickert or Reichart? Rick, Reich, Reichert? I'm not sure I'd say it. Uh, and James Hoover. That one I know because it sounds like the vacuum. You guys are awesome, and uh, you have joined the show because you know the benefits therein. Uh, that means no commercials ever, pre-show con- ton- content rather every week, and monthly benefits like host specials. Got one come up, coming up for John soon here, so watch for that. I know. i got to figure out what I'm going to do. Yeah, it could be... Oh, uh, uh, how I, me and George, why we're alike? No, it can be whatever. I got you want. two more. I got two more reminders as a bulletin board item for the show. Real oh, quick, go, real for, real go quick. for it. Just, just one. Hardcore WoW official servers soon. By yeah. the way, oh, you're gonna try that, are you? Yeah. All right, maybe. I'm just, I'm just letting people know. And the other thing is, Ahsoka next week. Oh yeah, that's March. true. Oh, that's yeah. coming up. I just watched her in Dope Sick, which I know I'm behind, I'm in like two years behind on that. That series was freaking amazing. No. It's all about the opioid thing, but a Soka actress, what's her name? Uh, Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson, yeah. amazing in it. Uh, Michael Keaton, unbelievably good in that. Can't recommend that enough, by the way. People should watch that shit. It's real good. Well, I'm super hyped for Ahsoka and Rosario. <laughs> I watched an interview with Rosario of Dope Sick. Yeah. And... Um, <laughs> Yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to connect it. Not clerks to too. Yeah, not clerks too, or any of the other things she we know her great, from. But she's great in everything. She, she did. was I really mean, good in clerks fan. too. I yeah. agree. She was a highlight, high point in a movie that wasn't that great. Clerks um, two. I think clerks two. It was all right. Was, I like. I'm okay with clerks too. It's better than some other. Anyways, is three is three. Andrew, I just want to say out? she's really into the playing Ahsoka. Yeah, I have yeah. high hopes for this thing. I hope it. Turns She's out awesome. Really good. I'm so excited. I'm really sad about Ray Stevenson, who's in it, who passed away yeah. after they yeah. did it. But we'll see how they handle that. I I just like him so much, and it's going to be a sad reminder. There's going to be a lot of awes while I watch this. Yeah. Same. <laughs> Every time he's on screen, oh, he's so good. I see the trailer, and he pops in. I'm like, oh, Frank, that's not fair. He was a nice guy, by all accounts, one of the nicest guys. Why can't some dicks die? Why can't that happen more? <laughs> More of these no, they're dicks. Not, they're not bees, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> bees dick. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for the show. But before we leave, oh, a reminder, frogpants.com slash core. That'll have a link to that Patreon, by the way, and all that other stuff. Everything you're looking for, frogpants.com slash core. All right. Without any further ado. Oh, and stick around after the show. There'll be some additional phone calls that uh, that are just a little long or don't really need a direct answer. So I'm going to try to play all of those at the end of the show. I did this last time as well. Uh, expect more of that. Now we give the grandma, the grandma, we give the phone, we give the microphone to grandma. And we hope she knows what we played today. Grandma, take it away. Uh, considering 75% of the show was about Baldur's Gate 3, I guess. Baldur's Gate 3. If you're wondering what they talked about, it was probably Baldur's Gate 3. I said it three times. But they did talk about a couple other things. Scott played Ship Graveyard Simulator 2. If you wondered about him throwing a box across the universe, that was that game. He played Broforce Forever. That's Broforce. This is it. They put a forever on there too, like Batman. Yeah. And he also played Quake 2 Remake. That, so when he talked about voodoo cards and your ears perked up, it was Quake 2. Yeah. John talked about progress. They didn't name the game. Didn't think he had to, but <laughs> I'll name it. And it's WWE 2K, whatever the hell year it is, 23. 
I can't keep track of them. They keep coming. And Bo played Warcraft Rumble. No Arclight in it. It's just Warcraft Rumble. Yeah. Uh, I can only game. assume he did it because he hates himself. <laughs> he likes <laughs> self-torture. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wonder if uh, Frog Wrestling will forward to the new engine next year for next year's version of that game. I don't know. I've never considered this. There are some wrestlers where I'm like, I'm so annoyed that they aren't there. Yeah. Because I want to use their theme or I want to use their entrance or whatever. And they just weren't prominent at this time or yeah. they hadn't come into their own at the time that this game came out. Like, like right now, the biggest bad guy in all of uh, not biggest, but one of the best bad guys in all of wrestling is Dominic Mysterio. Mm. And at the time this game came out, he was just a cheesy, lame-ass good guy. Mm. Like, nothing interesting about him at all. And now he's like, he can't talk, because people just boo so loudly, no words come out of his mouth. It's so good, but that's not who you get in the game. So, so I might be excited. This yeah. might be interesting. I wonder if they'll let you just port... a ton port. of work, though, to make everybody... I don't know if it transfers well, over Well, that's what I'm saying, what? is I wonder if it port... it'll let you port your existing creations. I'll bet it does. Yeah. There's, there's, they're, they're way too good in this game for you not to. I, I would hope so, because otherwise, we'll be transitioning by the time the next game comes out. Yeah, no I'll kidding. I'll be like, I'm finally done. That's oh, a lot of work. Well, anyway, uh, thank you all for watching, for listening, for hanging out with us. We record every Thursday night at 5 p.m. Most of the time, tonight's Friday, but you know, I had power outage yesterday. That's how things go. Uh, but most of the time, that's what we do. And check out more core. It's a little short video series that we put up all the time. Uh, including a recent one from Bo about uh, Yakuza and also uh, one coming up tomorrow, uh, BG4, uh, 3 related. So if you want more oh, Baldur's Gate in your life, tomorrow. that's going up. Uh, and I'll be doing some next week. Uh, that'll do it for us. Thank you all for listening. Go play some games. We'll see you next time. Get more at frogpants.com. You might not want to linger with me. You haven't always seen eye to eye, after all. Hey, Scott, uh, John, and Bo. <clears throat> Wanted to call real quick because I heard you guys listening, or heard you guys talking about the um, Transformers games and how they're not available anymore. And Bo was saying that he could still play them because they were in his library from before when they were on Steam or whatever. And Scott was lamenting that he hadn't bought them and so currently doesn't have access. Um, and you guys were kind of like, oh man, it'd be great if we could share. It's too bad that we can't, except that you can, because Steam does that um, library sharing thing. I don't know if many people use it or really leverage it, but everyone really should. Me and my gaming group um, all have our Steam libraries shared with each other, so any game that I own, um, my you know four, four or five friends um, and my fiance, everyone has access to those, and then vice versa. Um, so it really... Like, when we did that, I mean, it, like, tripled, quadrupled my library. There was obviously a lot of overlap already just because we're used to playing games together and stuff, but um, it, it expanded my library immensely, um, and it's a great way to do things like access games that are no longer available or try something um, that you might be kind of on the fence about and don't want to drop the money on until you've had a chance to get your hands on it so you can test some stuff before you buy it. It's really great. Um, it's a little convoluted. Um, and kind of confusing to set up initially, I think maybe intentionally, but um, you could just Google like a step-by-step guide and, and that makes it a breeze. So just wanted to throw that out there as a way that Scott can finally play those really, um, I'm sure, awesome Transformer games. All right, see you guys. Hey, CorePod, this is Tony from Iowa, longtime Patreon supporter. 
I was uh, going to bring up PLPs in EverQuest. That's Time Lock Progression Servers. I'm not sure if you guys have ever talked about it. I hear you talk a lot about EverQuest in comparison to other MMOs of old. Um, but EverQuest is still going very strong. Uh, they have around 80 to 90 active, uh, 80 to 90,000 active subscribers. And a big part of EverQuest right now are these time lock progression servers. So I was wondering if you guys had any thoughts or opinions about that in comparison to WoW Classic. The way that a TLP works on EverQuest is they release a new server about once a year and it starts at the base game. And typically every two or three or four months, something unlocks on the server, another expansion, a set of bosses, um, and then some of these servers have specific things about them that are different. Um, so the most popular server right now is a server called Mischief, um, and it's a random loot free trade server, meaning that everything in the game that is normally a no-drop or something that would be like a soul-bound item in World of Warcraft, you can trade that freely, you can sell it. Uh, but also it's random loot. So all of the bosses in a similar category share loot. And they drop more than their average loot from the base game. So this this server is crazy popular. It's about halfway through all of the uh, EverQuest expansions today. It's been going for about a year and a half or so. Um, but it, it's wildly popular. I have more fun in EverQuest than I ever had in World of Warcraft, and it, it forces you to be a social, a social butterfly. You have to group with other people. But I'm just curious if you thought maybe this is a way that WoW can continue to stay relevant for years or decades past its prime. Is instead of just doing WoW Classic and then every year you have to wait an entire year for a new expansion to come out. Maybe they could create a server where every few months uh, a new expansion launches or you have to beat, the server collectively has to beat a certain boss a number of times to, to unlock the next expansion and the next tier of content. Uh, just food for thought. EverQuest is doing it. They're going 24 years now, um, and there's still 60 to 70 active, 70,000 active players on this server. So thanks for your time. Love pod. Bye.